This is the best day of my life. You're sheltering enemies of the state, are you not? Yes. You're sheltering them underneath your floorboards, aren't you? Yes. Point out to me the areas where they're hiding. Since I haven't heard any disturbance, I assume while they're listening, they don't speak English. Yes. I'm going to switch back to French now, and I want you to follow my mascarade sound clear. Yes. Monsieur Lapadit, je vous remercie pour le nez et pour votre hospitalité. Il me semble que nous en avons terminé. Ah, mesdames, je vous remercie pour le temps que vous m'avez consacré. Nous n'oublierons pas votre famille plus longtemps. Donc, monsieur, mesdemoiselles, je prends congé de vous et je vous dis adieu. said I admired you, I meant what I said. California, stay away from here. Stay away from here now. Don't, don't, don't come in here. Whatever you hear, stay away. John Doe has the upper hand. Mills! Here he comes. What? I wish I could have lived like you Shut did. Shut up. You want money? What kind of terrorists are you? <laughs> Who said we were terrorists? It's a very nice suit for Mr. Takagi. To be ashamed to ruin it. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. I don't know it, I'm telling you. Get on the jet to Tokyo and ask the chairman. I'm telling you, you're just gonna have to kill me. Okay. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Why so serious? comes at me with the knife. Why so serious? Because he thought it was good sport, because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, want to go. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of the open. I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Let me ask you something. If the rule you followed brought you to this, of 
what is, what's the rule? Do you have any idea how crazy you are? You mean the nature of this conversation? I mean the nature of you. Ooh, that's a bingo. <laughs> is that the way you say it? That's a bingo. You just say bingo. Bingo! How fun! Welcome back to Chevy's Driving. The two Chevys are here with you today, and we have a really fun, a really kind of serious episode here, but uh, it's going to be a good one. First of all, how have you been? Uh, Clint, how was your holidays? Oh, pretty good. You know, standard holiday. Did the whole thing. I ate too much, and uh, I saw all kind of family, so it, was, it wasn't too bad. What about you, man? Yeah, we got to work off that those extra calories we took in over the holidays. I actually got the we mentioned this on the last one to come home and see you guys around Thanksgiving, and yeah, Christmas was good. Of course, New Year's whatever. I think I'm getting old. I was telling um uh my brother, your uncle uh, James, that I said, "What? Did, he's in Germany, by the way, or Europe? He's traveling around Europe." And he, I asked him what he did New Year's Eve, and he said, "Slept." He said, "What did you do?" I said, "Slept." I mean, we're getting old. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, I didn't have to work or anything. I slept. I wanted to watch the Buckeye game the next day. Go Bucks! So they they won the Rose Bowl, so that was good. Um, other than that, yeah, it was a good a good holiday. Um, let's see. So today our episode is. You want to tell? That's right. Today we are looking at villains. We're not looking at specific movies today. We're looking at uh, villains in movies. And actually, I mean, a lot of times a villain can almost you know make a movie even that much better or be the best part of a movie even absolutely a lot on my list oh man maybe half of them maybe more are the best part of these movies it's not the hero it's not the uh you know anybody co-starring in it it's the actual villain made the movie for me and that that's going to be uh pretty much the stand- maybe for my whole list actually the the villains are really good i do have a lot of honorable mentions i started out with like uh you know i just spit everything out and i started with 17 villains i and i didn't even have to think about it that much and so i have uh narrowed it down the last uh, few days and i'm down to my top 10 of course and i have seven honorable mentions how many how many do you have honorable uh, mentions i uh, i didn't count how many honorable mentions i know that i probably wrote down about uh, i probably wrote down about 20 villains it had to be about 20 and uh it was tough it was just tough uh figuring out which ones i was going to leave off the list so we'll still talk about them whenever we do our honorable mentions here but uh yeah it was hard to i don't know it's hard to determine which villain is better than another villain i mean usually with a with a villain it's kind of like either either like them or you don't like them and that's all you're really looking for in a villain so as long as you like a villain that you know that that pretty much means they're doing their job. So it was just hard to judge which ones were better. So on my list, I guess maybe maybe they're not in too much of a particular order. Definitely my number, you know, like my number one, two, and three. Those ones are pretty pretty solid, just like always. But the the lower ones, you know, they're all they're all good villains, all good 
performances, a lot, you know, uh, definitely the actors are going to, to make, make the villain what it is. And directors certainly help a lot with that too. And I'll say that I, I'm, uh, this isn't a disagreement. I'm sure you agree with this. You said, if you like the villain, I, I'm completely, if I don't like the villain, right. the more I don't <laughs> like him, of course, uh, the more you hate the character, the more, um, they, they, uh, cause, everyone's life to be hectic and uh, destroy their lives or whatever, the better for the villains. Right. So uh, I have a, I have one thing that uh, this, this might, you know, help narrow down my list anyway. And it's, it's um, about the villain. I have to be watching the movie. I have to be afraid of the villain. I have to have some kind of fear in me, you know, to, to really, be afraid of that. So, for example, I will on. I'll mention one of my albums right now, and I guess he's a villain. It's a comedy, and it's Shooter McGavin out of Happy Gilmore. Okay, <laughs> he's. You could say he's a villain, but it's a comedy. He doesn't scare you. He just makes you laugh, right? So, there are some villains that you know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like you're afraid of that. You would be afraid of that person, especially if it was <laughs> if it was real life. That's kind of how I looked at this list and then putting down my top ten. Yeah, well, you just mentioned real life. I look at I look at my villains kind of in that way. Like if if well, like the way that you look at, at any movie, I guess it's like if this were real life and that person, like a person like Shooter McGavin, if that person actually existed, like what a bad person he would be. So yeah, I guess that's definitely what you're looking for in a villain: a realistic bad person, I guess. Yeah, and and you know the more you hate them, uh, the the better villain, I, I would say that that they are. So um, I've had, let's see, there were some that I eliminated. You're probably going to be surprised that I actually eliminated them, and a lot of it was based on what I just said. Do they actually put fear into me as as I'm watching the movie? Uh, do they? Um, I, you know, another thing I, I thought about: you don't have to see the villain. I thought about that when I'm doing this list. I'm like, there's a couple on here. Like, I, I don't think you see them till the end. If you see them at all, you know, and you still, you know, whether the, you just hear their voice or whatever in some movies, uh, there's one in particular I'm thinking about, and we'll get to that. Um, but you don't see this guy until the very end or very close to the end anyway. So uh, you don't have to particularly see the villain. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I know what you're saying. I know that uh, there was, you know, and <clears throat> whenever, whenever I mentioned ones that I left off my list, I really, I guess, you know, if I, if you ask me my reason for leaving them off of my list, uh, I, I really couldn't tell you uh, reasons for putting reasons for ones uh, going on to my list. Um, I don't know. I guess, I guess in a villain, I like, I like my villains to definitely be smart. I like my villains to be, uh, I like them, uh, you know, I like them to be just a good bad guy. Like you said, a guy that you, you really like to hate or somebody, if it's, if they're real, you just can't believe that, that person exists. But maybe some of the reasons why I left some of these villains off of the list is because what you just said, because maybe because they weren't in the movie very much. I know, I know, uh, one, I, I know one that I'm thinking of right now is um, uh, Kevin Spacey in the movie Seven. That's an honorable mention for me. He didn't make my list, but oh he, really? Yeah, yeah. He didn't make my list, but he's in the movie for I mean maybe like ten minutes. You know, maybe ten or fifteen minutes. Maybe it's a little bit drawn out. You know, but uh, he's he's definitely a good villain. He's definitely very smart, even if he is crazy. Um, but 
He yeah, yeah, he's one of my honorable mentions, but he didn't make my list. And it's funny, he did make my list, um, where at you'll find out, but um and that's exactly the one I was talking about. Funny you said that. <laughs> not seeing them through a good part of the movie. You don't see him until, like you said, I don't know, maybe it's longer than I think because the movie's a little bit longer than you. It's over two hours, I believe. He might be in it a good half hour, if that. But, oh, what a, you know, you 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 know about him. Uh, you know how devious he is. My God, you do throughout that movie. But, you don't really see, you don't see Kevin Spacey until till the end till the, at least the last quarter of the movie. So yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. So okay, so we're going to get to the list here soon. We'll we'll get into it sooner than the last couple episodes. Uh, we like to talk a lot. So uh, what we're going to do today is uh, a couple little things. We'd like to do little uh, extras uh, at the beginning of our show, and today we're going to do a couple of extras. And what I uh, what what we've been doing the last few episodes are the movies that we've recently seen. We want to mention that. Probably every episode that we have, we want to talk about that. We won't necessarily get into big reviews about them, but we'll, because we don't want to, we don't want to, we're spoiler free here. So we don't want to spoil anything for every, anyone, but we want to mention the movies that we recently saw, whether it be in theaters or you just came across the movie. Uh, my daughter, uh, Mallory, actually recommended one of these movies to me. Um, it's, I believe it's in, theaters uh select theaters but it was i'll go ahead and say it's bird box it was made by netflix it's on netflix so if you have netflix check it out it is it's a damn good movie i was pleasantly surprised how good it was she mally told me it was you know uh it was good and a lot of people were raving about it she i think she said she didn't think it was as good as some people are saying but it was good so she recommended that to me and i saw i think i saw it that night because uh, that's how bad i'm looking for a movie both of us probably that you know we want to see a good movie that surprises us it has sandra bullock in it um she's always good and i don't know about oscar worthy these things um you know it's about uh she my my daughter um compared it to uh the happening it's the m night Shyamalan movie with mark Wahlberg. I like to call it the crappening because it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so that one wasn't good, but this is kind of a different take on, I guess, not really a different take on it, but it it's kind of similar, but it's a, a lot different if that makes any sense. I don't think you've seen this yet, but your dad did, and, and I think he enjoyed it, right? Yeah, he told he told me he saw it, and he told me that I need to watch it. And uh, yeah, everybody's talking a lot about this one. Actually, you know what's interesting though is that uh, it's funny. I had a friend, a friend just texted me the other day. He just and it's one of those friends, you know, where I respect their opinion about movies. And he texted me and asked me if I saw Bird Box, and uh, he said that it he said that it wasn't. He didn't think it was very good. So I'm really curious because I hear a lot of people are saying that it's good. And I mean, it got Sandra Bullock in it. I've always liked Sandra Bullock. John Malkovich is in it. I know nothing about this movie. I just know that it's on, uh, Netflix. And, but that, that brings me to one of the movies that I've seen recently. And it's a Netflix movie and it's, it's the, the Black Mirror movie. I don't know if you know or know or not that they made, they made a Black Mirror movie, but. Yeah. 
Bandersnatch or something like that. Bandersnatch. Yeah, was, Bandersnatch. Did you look into that at all? Absolutely. I tried to bring it up, but it, I didn't give it much time to do this, but to work on it. But it only showed the preview for it. I couldn't find the actual um, the actual movie, so I got to go back and look at it. I only tried it for like five minutes because I was going to watch the Bird Box. But um, yeah, I, 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 is it good? Well, listen, man, I was pretty disappointed with this because – it's ah. uh, it's yeah well what they what they do is you uh you have to select the outcome it's actually like interactive oh, with the viewer i did see that. and the remote I, I didn't know if that was actually the case you actually how many different endings does it have I don't know. I, I made it through several, and I think they designed it in a way to where you kind of you kind of have to watch several, you know, because I don't know. Throughout the whole thing, you, there's uh, two options come up at the bottom of the screen. You have to use your remote. I almost turned it off. Seriously, whenever it was starting, I almost turned it off immediately because I was like, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> whenever I'm watching a movie, I just want to sit there and watch a movie. I don't want to have to. Well, how far into it do you select the, or do you keep doing it throughout the movie? Throughout the whole Selecting movie, throughout the whole movie, man. Oh, that might be a little odd. It's kind of annoying. It was okay. It, I don't know. And I don't know. The story, the story was okay too. It would have been better if they would have just done a regular one with this story. You, I guess. Know you know what, man? It's different. It's something it different. different. I've never seen a movie where you could do that. Yeah, it is different. And I'm a fan of the show. I, I love the show. I do love the show, and I've actually been watching old episodes now that I was so bummed out about the movie being not that great. I think the the show, uh, which is on Netflix, also. Uh, I think they. I want to say there's there are two. Um, let's see, there are. I think there are two seasons, but it's not like full ten uh, ten episode seasons. Um, you know, Black Mirror. Started in 2011. Maybe they just do a few a year. I, I don't know what, but they're doing. It's it's rated 8.9 out of 10. Now that's for all the shows combined. I gave it an eight for all the shows. Now some of them, you know, that's the thing. It's a, a very diverse set of topics. Um, I actually like the one where the the girl goes out in the desert to the 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 guy that shows the morbid stuff. And I like that one. I forget the name of of some of these. The first one you see is. Um, uh, what's it called? It's about the, uh, I believe, the Prime Minister of England, and they're saying he's got to have sex with a pig mm-hmm. on live TV if he's to because they kidnapped um, one of the uh, uh, I don't know Duchess of York, whatever it was, one of the the women involved in the monarchy. Uh, first season has three episodes, and I think the national anthem is that first one. But they're almost all rated in the eights. Um, I liked White Christmas. I uh, liked um, the one with uh, the guy from Mad Men. Um, that's White uh, Christmas. You know, White Christmas, the same one. That's, same one you're talking okay, about. that's yeah. the one. That's my favorite one, too. Yeah, the, the main actor from Mad mm-hmm. Men, uh, John, John Hamm, mm-hmm. he's in it. And even season, uh, so epi- uh, season three has four episodes. They're all, except for one, is ranked uh, over eight. On IMDb user ratings, all the episodes, six of them in, in season three are all over eight. And most of them again with uh, six episodes in season four are all ranked uh, over well over eight. Some of them in Black Museum is the one I think that might be my favorite one. Um, so uh, and then there that's four seasons and it looks like they're I'm sure they're going to have more because the thing is is very highly rated 
Uh, they even do, if you like Star Trek, they even do like a, a Star Trek kind of, uh, it kind of has the same thing as Star Trek. It's like a Star Trek, you guys into Star Trek. And I don't know, you got to watch it. They're all different. They're all very different. They got very different types of story, but they're, they're just weird. It's somebody might've explained it as like a, a twilight zone, a, a, a modern contemporary, like a twilight zone, but a lot better. I mean, Twilight Zone was made in the 60s, okay? So it can only be as good as it... They redid it in the 80s, but it still wasn't. It even had a movie, but it still wasn't um, uh, near... near. You know, of course, with newer stuff, you're going to have better stuff. And this is weird. You watch that first one about the pig, and you'd be like, whoa, 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 maybe this isn't for me. But you'd be surprised. Just keep watching them. I, that's that's my advice too about the one the first one the first one with the pig that's a little bit that's a little bit extreme there's they're not really like that all the time but what I like about them is that none of them are really ever all that they, they never really turn out that well for anybody and that, that was always those were I love the Twilight Zone too and those were always my favorite kinds of episodes of the Twilight Zones whenever whenever they like didn't work out for people I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, Black Mirror, the, the the show is on Netflix, and then this this movie we're talking about, where you get to select how the movie goes. Um, so is it like is it okay? So you're watching the movie, and it says okay, you got to make a selection here, and I, how many choices do you get? You get two. You get two choices every time, and if you don't if you don't select if you don't select anything, it'll kind of it'll kind of guide you through. Like it'll it'll just make a selection for you, but. And it's minor things. I don't know. It's like you said, it's something different. It's cool. I like that they're trying it, but it was, it wasn't my favorite thing. Well, what, and it's probably, this is obviously only something you can do at home. It's not going to be a theater, right. just kind of movie, but what, what, so, I mean, so you make one selection and then it goes through a segment of the movie and then you make another selection and it goes a different way. Right. How many choices do you have to make through the whole movie? Um, I say they come up maybe every no longer than ten minutes. I'd say you're probably making a selection, and I I think I was, you know, it was probably it was probably an hour and forty five two hour experience or whatever. And it's uh, in 1984, a young programmer begins to question reality as he works to adapt a fantasy novel into a video game. So. Uh, sounds intriguing. It's from the 80s. I like I like it when I go back to the 80s. Of course, I was a teenager back in the 80s. It's got a 7.8 on. Um, IMDb out of ten. Uh, that's a pretty good user rating, and it's got forty over forty thousand reviews. So that means it's it's pretty solid. For example, uh, well, Aquaman came out and it was over eight. Okay, uh, I don't know eight point two, eight point four even, uh, but it came back down to reality in the last. You know the way I explain that is, I'm pretty sure this is how it works. If you go to the movie theater to watch a movie like Aquaman or some superhero movie or whatever and you you you'll go on to IMDb and you'll rate it and that's usually people that are real nerdy about these movies and they want to be the first to see it like Star Wars something like that so you get out all the fans of it you know I think that's the way it works so people that love DC I don't know how many there are out there but they will go and check out Aquaman if they're big Aquaman fans and they'll go to MDB and put their 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 ridiculously as, as ridiculous as it sounds and then reality will hit because then the normal person will go see it and give it a, a true rating you know what I'm saying so don't don't fall into the trap of looking at 
uh, user ratings on IMDb and then saying, oh my, it's an 8.4 right away, you know, within the first couple of weeks. But now Aquaman has uh, 97, over 97,000 uh, ratings, and it depends on the movie, how big of a movie it is, uh, but anything over 50,000, and if it's a smaller, less heard of movie or whatever, maybe 10 or 20,000. Wait till the initial votes get out of there. Now it's down to 7.6. So that's probably really where it's at. And actually I'm a little surprised that, you know, it's even that high. I thought it would be awful. I haven't seen it yet, but I guess they say it's visually stunning or whatever. It did get a 55 Metascore. And by the way, uh, the Metascore is, you know, the combined, um, what do you call it? Um, combined uh, critic score. So I, I don't know if it's IMDb's own, uh, you know, algorithm for that or what it is. Like, for example, the Black Mirror one, uh, I don't know if they do critic ratings for Netflix movies. I thought they did, though. Um, and then there are, like for Bird Box, uh, we were, you know, I think it's good. Uh, it's got a 6.8 user rating, and that's after 92,000 votes. So, you know, that's pretty solid. But I think it's better. Actually, I would give it a 7.5. Now, maybe a 7.3. I say that because I don't know if I want to watch it again. I don't know if I want to see it again. It might be one of those ones. I know that I'm only going to watch it once, and that's it. It's got a a combined critic score, a meta score of 52, which isn't that great. It's in the yellow, not in the green. Uh, One weird thing about the movie is, um, and I don't know if this is a spoiler, but uh, there's some kind of thing out there, and if you see it, I think you just have to look outside and it, it changes you and you want to kill yourself. So uh, you want to commit suicide. So all these people are committing suicide. So you have to blindfold yourself every time you're outside or you will kill yourself. And that's, it's, it bothered me that they have to be blindfolded. I don't know why. I just, it, it bothered me a little bit about that, but it's a little over two hours long. It's definitely, definitely worth the watch. It's something, it's something different. It was refreshingly different. And, and I liked it. And the lead character, Sandra Bullock is named Mallory. And that's my daughter's name. And that's not a real common name. So that's another reason I think she liked it. So yeah, uh, bird box and, and, and the other movie that I saw, it wasn't a movie, actually, uh, but I wanted—I wanted to mention it because uh, do you watch Narcos on uh, on? No, dude, no. You watch no, I hear great. I hear great things. I do hear great things, but yeah, it's on—it's on my list. There's there's there are like three seasons. Uh, there's the first season, which is excellent. It's about, and these are based on true. Uh, how do they say it? Um, based on based on true events. So I don't know, you know, how true to the events they are. They will show what happened, like Pablo Escobar, the first one's about him, ruthless, you know, cartel guy in Mexico. And they will put in actual news clips, like if Tom Brokaw back in the 80s talking about this stuff. So it is true. they're, They're true events, but how true they are compared to real events, I don't know. Of course, you know, they gotta take some kind of, uh, you know, uh, license to to you know to make changes to but narcos is really good the first season was really good i didn't like the second season i didn't even finish watching it but there is another one but uh recent more recent and it's uh narcos mexico and it has um uh what's the guy's name he was in chips he's he's the funny guy hispanic guy um michael pena he's in it 
in a serious role, and he's really good in it too. And the, the only problem is if you do not like subtitles, you probably will not like this. I would say a fourth of the, the script, because you're talking about uh, U.S. agents, um, I believe FBI agents down in Mexico trying to fight you know, the drug war. And when they talk, it's, of course, it's, it's in English. But any other time, basically, it's, it's in Spanish. And you have, to, you have to read the subtitles. Now, unless you speak Spanish, of course, you're going to be totally fine with that. But uh, I didn't find it. It was so good that I didn't find that very bad. It wasn't that disturbing to me. I usually don't like subtitles. Um, you know, like Das Boot was supposed to be one of the best submarine movies, but you have to read the subtitles. Okay, so I don't know what you think of subtitles. I'm not really into them, but it, it was okay with this. Absolutely, check out Narcos Mexico. It's it's probably just as good as the first first season. I think subtitles can be okay whenever they're done whenever they're done properly. I think uh, I think. Um, I'm sorry, Inglorious Bastards, I think that's a perfect example of one where subtitles are just, I don't know, just, I don't mind the subtitles in Inglorious Bastards. It's, you, you can pay attention to the, you can pay attention to the movie and the words at the bottom of the screen at the same time. I don't know, it's just, it's just so well done. Uh, I think, um, uh, I think another one, uh, Apocalypto, that Mel Gibson movie, Apocalypto, yeah. that's all, that's all subtitles, and I don't mind that one bit. I think that movie's fantastic. I'll tell you why. I mean, I don't mind reading them. I, you know, like you said a little bit ago about a movie, I just want to sit back and enjoy it. You know, you had to make choices through this Black Mirror movie, and, you know, it kind of took you away from just sitting back and enjoying it. Uh, to read subtitles, uh, you know, I'm not dumb, but I just don't like, it takes away from the visual aspect of the movie. That's what I don't like about it. Cause you're all, your eyes are all at the bottom trying to read what, you know, trying to see what they're saying. And it takes away from, you know, the visual performance, photography, video, photography, whatever, uh, away. F- that's, that's why I don't really like them. Yeah. And that, and that can happen. That can definitely happen. I know I've turned movies off before cause it had so many subtitles. I'm like, man, are they going to, they're going to start, they gonna quit with the subtitles here soon because if not, I'm turning it off. And I have, and I have. Before. You can't avoid like sometimes, you know, they'll flash them up there too fast, and sometimes it's just too fast. Not because they're talking fast; it's just they're getting to the next line or something. And then I'll have to, you know, rewind it ten seconds and see what the hell they said. So that bothers me a little bit too. You know, as fast as I can read, um, I'm not super reader, but as fast as I can read, it, it happens in anything you're watching subtitles with. So. So anyway, that's the two things that I've seen. Anything else for you? Or there's 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 a couple that I have to mention real quickly here. One that uh, I I did see that movie Vice with where Christian Bale plays Dick Cheney. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it on Christmas Day because me me and the old man wanted to go see a movie. We wanted to see The Mule, and it was sold out, <laughs> so we didn't get to see that. So, yeah, so that was a bummer. So we went and saw. Vice, and I mean, it was okay. Like you said, it's it's based on true events or whatever. But you know, I I really, I honestly don't follow politics very closely at all. So I don't know. But from what I hear is that this movie is a little bit one sided, maybe. So who knows what is going on? I think that Christian Bale. I, I mean, I don't I don't know anything about Dick Cheney really, but I guess Christian Bale probably did a good job at acting like him. I saw that one, and I also saw. I I can't believe I saw it. I saw on Christmas Eve actually. I saw two movies in a row. I saw 
I saw that new Spider-Man cartoon movie, man. Uh, I, I went and saw it. My buddy was in, t- my buddy was in town. Uh, neither one of us, uh, had, had girlfriends that we had to do anything with. So we were like, let's go see a movie. We went and saw it. And I'll tell you what, man, that Spider-Man cartoon was really good. Uh, if you get a chance, if anybody gets a chance to see that, it's actually, it's rated 8.7 right now. And that's rated by, by almost 60,000 people just under that. So that one was really good. So yeah, those are the only other two movies, the two new movies I saw. What is it rated? 8.7. What are you looking at? IMDb, man. I only have it here as a 7.1. I'm looking at IMDb. Which Spider-Man are you talking about? I'm talking about the Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no. Sorry. My fault. I was looking at um, uh, Vice. No, it's 8.7. I was going to mention that because we're going to mention some other movies in theaters. And I'll be like, you said on the last episode that you watched that. And you said, man, I'm a real nerd watching the Spider-Man cartoons. But it's 8.7. I mean, is that, was it really that good? I'll tell you what, man. It was really good. I was so, I was actually, I walked out of that one because I said, I actually said the second I walked out of that one, I said, you know, I like that one better than Spider-Man Homecoming. And I'm serious, man. I'm serious, yeah. At least I felt I, I didn't feel that good whenever I walked out of Spider-Man: Homecoming. This one, this is that one where Nicholas Cage does a voice for one of them. By the way, he makes a quick cameo in there <laughs> instead of his B movie. But there's some other there's some other big actors in here, man. Uh, the the main kid is uh, Shamik Moore. He's in that he's in that movie that came out a few years ago called Dope. That's a really good movie. If you haven't seen that, check it out. Uh, Jake Johnson does a voice on here. Chris Pine does a voice in here. Uh, Lee Schreiber's in there. It's like, it's like got all kind of people in it, man. And it's, it's, it's pretty good. I'm, I'll bet you it'll come out like for free on Amazon or something here pretty soon. So whenever it does, check it out. I'll say this about uh, superhero cartoons. There are some like Superman ones and Batman cartoons and I see how highly rated they are. And I just dismiss it as, ah, it must be comic book nerds or something. But, 57, almost 58,000 people are rating this, and it's still 8.7. It must be pretty damn good. And I'm thinking uh, some of the other Batman and, and, and Superman, you know, those that are highly rated, are they, are they good too? You know, are we missing out on something here with, with cartoon movies? Well, I'm not because I've seen a lot of them because I am one of those superhero nerds. But, uh, yeah, this Spider-Man, this Spider-Man one is, I mean, it's – Man, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it, but probably the one of the best, one of the best superhero cartoons. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too nerdy on the whole subject here, but I mean, I saw, I saw this one. I'm 30 years old. I saw this one, and it was, it was enjoyable. It was funny. It had good action. It had good, uh, good special effects or whatever graphics, if you want to call them that, because it's a cartoon. So it has, it has Nicholas Cage's Spider-Man Noir. I don't know what that means, but. It has. Oh, Chris Pine is is Spider Man in this? Yeah, he's one of them. He's one of them. There's oh. a, there's a few different Spider Mans in this one. It's it's good, man. It's it's good. I'm looking at some of the pictures of it, uh, and it looks the cart the the graphics look pretty good. Like, um, you know, it doesn't look like a regular cartoon. It, some of it looks a little real. The buildings and the cars and stuff. Interesting. Huh. I'll have to ch- maybe I'll check that out whenever it comes out on uh, DVD or whatever. I don't know if I go to the theater, yeah, but. I- I think I think that I think that'll be out I think that'll be out everywhere and everybody's gonna like this one for a long time. Yeah, I saw it in the theater. We just we we're just looking for something to see, man, and uh, we picked that one. And it was it was a good. It was we were glad we chose it. Both of okay. us. All right. Uh, anything else that you've seen recently? 
No, that's pretty much it, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll play a little game here, and then we'll get into our list. So uh, this game this week, I think last episode we did uh, um, most anticipated movies of 2019. I just gave you the title, and I might have had to explain a couple of them to you because we didn't know what they were really. But uh, And then, you know, what you thought with one or two words, and I thought that was pretty fun. So uh, this this episode, let me do this. Uh, I got about 12 movies here that are in theaters or have recently been in theaters. And what I want to do is I want to give you the title of the movie. And our cutoff seems to be, at least mine is, I think it's your seven on IMDb for user ratings. If it's above a seven, it's probably, it's definitely worth seeing. Um, if it's above, if it's eight or above, it's a good movie and so on. Nine is great. And 10 is, I got 10 movies that are rated 10. You think that's too much? I think you have. Uh, just if any, I don't even know if you have any that are rated 10. So that, that's that unreachable number 10 for you, but, uh, anything over seven. So I'm going to name the movie and what, well, let me say one more thing before I forget about vice. Cause that's on this list. Um, vice. I saw the trailer. I did not see the movie and Christian bill actually sounds a lot like, uh, he looks, they make him look, you know, heavier and he does look like, uh, Dick Cheney. So, uh, uh, but they show him with, with um, what's his name? The guy from uh, um, Green Mile, the Sam Rockwell, which, who, who maybe I should have thought of for my villain list. But Sam Rockwell as as George Bush. Um, I don't know. Maybe you think different because you saw it. He doesn't look like him. I don't think he sounds like him. I don't know if that was a good casting choice or not. I really thought the one that, with. Um, the one they did called W, that was Oliver Oliver Stone, I want to say, did that one. It's called W, and and that he did a really good job playing the you know cast as George W. Bush. I don't know. Did did you think that that um, Sam, Sam Rockwell was? I don't know. Sam Rockwell was okay. Uh, are you talking about Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin was in W, right? Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, I saw I saw that one. Yeah, Josh Brolin was a better, at least acting like. George W. Bush than Sam Rockwell was, but Sam Rockwell wasn't there for very long. I don't know. The movie itself was just okay. I don't like it when they don't look like him. I don't like that. And Sam Rockwell looked nothing, even with the gray or hair or whatever, looks nothing like him. But at least they made Christian Bale. I mean, they bald, make him bald. They put on, you know, a double or triple chin. He's heavier. He looks like him, man. He really looks like him. And I'll say that um, also... This is maybe a surprise. Steve Carell's in it. He plays Donald Rumsfeld. Now, the small bit I saw him in the preview, he sounded like him, and he looked like him. So I think they did a good job probably with that. I have to see it, though. So, And then the one thing is I'm wondering if they really – okay, the whole thing about George W. Bush's presidency is a lot of people think Dick Cheney was the guy who you know, controlled controlled everything he made all the decisions you know because they think george w bush is dumb or dopey or whatever but the guy won you know he won twice okay so whatever you think of him uh he was elected president twice well at least once we don't know about the one with uh (laughs) he didn't get the popular vote the first time around that mess but uh yeah i'm gonna have to check out vice um I, i i was excited when i saw it i thought i would have a higher rating Okay, so we'll start off with that one. What uh, above seven or below seven? Now, below. when I say above, it's seven point or above. So you think it's below seven? It's seven point one out of ten. So you're right on that cusp, but it's only six thousand 
uh, user votes. So it's not a whole lot. It did get a meta score of 61. That's in the green. So critics liked it. And I hear you I, see, Oscar Buzz. What do you think about that? Yes. For, for Oscar for Vice? Uh, for, for Christian Bale, you mean? I don't know who it's for. I just hear it, it, it's got some Oscar buzz around it. Probably for Christian Bale, I assume. If anybody, I guess it would be Christian Bale. You see, I, I figured it would be below a seven because I assumed that uh, everybody in the movie Vice that day had also come to see The Mule and it was sold out, so they saw Vice instead. Uh, yeah. I would see, I wanted to see The Mule, and it looks. It looks really good. It, you know, we, we don't have too many movies, folks, starring and directing by, directed by Clint Eastwood. I mean, he is getting up there. He's he's in his eighties. He doesn't seem like he's you know slowing down at all because he still directs just as much as he has always, and maybe a little less. And you know, he's he, and very rarely is he starring in these movies. What was the last one? Gran Torino. I, I don't remember any more. Oh yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, so he doesn't start a lot of them, but he is obviously directing these movies. He's got Bradley Cooper in it, too. So, Mule, uh, uh, above seven or below? Got to be above. 7.2, still only 6,000 votes. It's been out for a few weeks. I don't know why it doesn't have more. Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't have more votes. Uh, Metascore is 58, so it's right on the border of, uh, you know, yellow and green. It's yellow, but it's not green. So I thought it would be better than 7.2. It looks really good. That's what the, that shows what they can do with the trailer, right? So, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, this one, Aquaman. Above, I bet that's like in the eights or something. Like we, we were talking about, comic comic book people get a little crazy. Yeah, but it's still with the. It was like I said, it was eight point two or eight point four right away. That was all the nerds. You get all the nerds out of the way now. You got uh, thousands. How many you got? Uh, uh, let's see here. Nine over ninety seven thousand votes. So that's probably the legitimate seven point six, which would probably be the highest rated. Uh, maybe besides Wonder Woman of all these uh, latest DC. Uh, blunders, if you will. Um, so Wonder Woman, I think it's higher. No, you know what? Aquaman's higher than Wonder Woman, which I looked at the trailer and I'm like, dumb. I'm not an Aquaman fan. I, you know, wasn't too impressed with him in Justice League. I mean, the guy's in the water. What more, what can he do to help people on land? Uh, so I don't know. I'm not a big Aquaman fan. I'll see it, but I'll wait till it comes out on DVD. I, I don't think I'll go to the theaters to see that one. Okay, Mary Poppins Returns. We will skip that because neither of us are going to see that crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Spider-Man, uh, that was the cartoon. You saw that. It does have an 8.7, so that's a, that's a really good rating. Okay, Bumblebee. 8.7. 8.7, yeah. That's, and, and I told you, that's with uh, uh, fifty, almost 58,000 votes, so that's impressive for a cartoon. Uh, you know, how many kids are, 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 are into that? And I don't know, but that's a lot of votes. So that's probably legitimate. At least above an eight. Uh, Bumblebee. This is the spinoff from uh, Tran- Transformers. Uh, yeah, we're sick of Transformers, so why not go and do a spinoff of that? I hear it's pretty good. The, the, actually, the trailer doesn't look that bad. Above or below seven? I bet it's below seven point three. It's I guess it's wow. better than a lot of people thought. Uh, I, I heard. I heard. I've heard good things about it. I haven't necessarily heard bad things about it. Uh, Vice. We just did seven point one. Uh, the Mule. Did we? Did you guess that one? That's got to be above. Yeah, but not as much as I thought. Seven point two. 
I thought it would be above that, but it's got a Metascore of 58. So, um, I don't know. It's still a good movie. you got to check it out. I'd probably see that one in the theater because I like Clint Eastwood. And the whole plot of this where he's mulling drugs as a 90-year-old, that's, that's got to be good, right? Uh, this one has been out for a while, but I'll give it to you. Bohemian Rhapsody. And, of course, this is the um, biopic about uh, Freddie Mercury, right? So what do you think about, you know, the Queen, the group for Queen? But um, – what do, you, what do you give that above or below seven? I'm sure. I'm sure it's above. Everybody, everybody that I hear from says it was really good. I love Queen, so I'm sure it's it's probably. I bet that's close to eight, if not in the eights. Yeah, eight point three with 168,000 wow. votes. So it only has a meta score of 48. But you know, we look at the user ratings before we look at meta score. I use the the critics meta score to bolster a a good IMDb user rating. But I guess this guy Rami Malek, who was in that. Uh, what was that? Uh, he did a TV show where he's, uh, I never watched it. I guess it's okay. I forget what it, what, what that was called. Um, ah, Mr. Robot. I don't know if, it, cause it was a USA, I think TV show, whatever. I never saw that one. So yeah, 8.3. That's probably worth a check. I'll get that when it's DVD. Uh, this one surprised me. Um, let's, let's go to, let's go to this one. Okay. Let's do this one first. The Grinch. The Grinch, uh, I'll bet you, uh, it's probably, it's probably in the eights too, right? 6.4. Wow. Which is, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. How much is that? Okay, we already saw this with Jim Carrey. We know the cartoon from growing up. This one's more of a, kind of like a Pixar one, or I don't know if it's Pixar, but it's, it's more along that kind of, um, uh, animation. It's not really. A I cartoon. guess I figured. I, I guess I figured if they're going to do that, they would do it well. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I guess. I guess I'm wrong. I guess you're right. Uh, you probably have just. It's the same old story. None of them are as good as the original 20 minute cartoon. Jim Carrey comes close. It was a good. That yeah. was a good real life version of it, and it's six point four. It only has sixteen thousand votes. A fifty one meta score. So whatever with that. Benedict Benedict uh, Cumberbatch plays the. Uh, plays the Grinch in that. Okay, so uh, let's see. What do we got next? There's Ralph Breaks the Internet. I guess this is another Pixar kind of like movie. Um, I don't even know what it's about, to be honest with you. I guess I saw a trailer, but it's a Pixar one. I have no idea what it's about. Do you have any I'd say below below 7. 7.4, and that's after uh, after 20, almost 28,500 votes. Um, Let's see. Am I missing? Oh, there's one called Green Book. Uh, this is about uh, a working class Italian American bouncer. Ooh, bouncer becomes the driver of an African American classical pianist on a tour of venues through the 1960s American South. And I think this one got Vigo Mort- Mort- Mortensen into some trouble. Not the movie itself, but I guess he's he's Oscar worthy here. I think the co-star or the other star. Uh, oh, I don't even know how to. Mayor Shala Ali. I think he won an Oscar. Uh, he won an Oscar. What did he win an Oscar for? Do you know who I'm talking about? I've seen him in TV shows. I don't. Yeah, best best performance by an actor in a supporting role. He won that for that uh, Moonlight, which I don't think I've ever seen. So I think that might have been a best picture. Or So it got an 8.3. That's only 12,000 votes, but I don't know how good it is, but it's getting some Oscar some Oscar buzz. Okay, your favorite, Creed 2. 
I actually just checked this one out. I know this one has like a like a seven point something because I wanted to compare it to that Spider-Man one whenever I was looking it up earlier. And I know that Creed's got like a seven point something and it's only been rated by like 20,000 something people because... 20, yeah. Because it's probably not that good. I don't know. 24,000, a little over 24,000 votes. It did get a 66 well in the green meta score. Under the tutelage of Rocky Balboa, heavyweight contender Adonis Creed faces off against Victor Drago, son of Yvonne Drago. Right away, I'm like, dumb, but apparently it's pretty good. <laughs> now, this one is interesting enough. Uh, Sylvester Salon says he's he's hung up the uh, whatever, managing boots. He's, he's done with um, any Rocky any Rocky Balboa uh, characters. He's done with it. We'll see, right? I don't know. Yeah, we'll he, see. He, he said that. I don't know how good his word is with stuff like that. Has he ever said I quit before? I don't know. If he ever said Rocky Five, thought Rocky Five was good, he would be a liar. But no, he never said that, I don't think. So I would say uh, he's also got um, coming out, he's got Rambo Five. It's called Last Blood. Right away, Rambo goes up against the Mexican cartel. And what's reported to be his last adventure, Last Blood, obviously should be. I think Sylvester Stallone has said as much. I think his friend's daughter gets kidnapped by a Mexican cartel, and he goes to save her, I guess. Sounds freaking dumb. But then again, if Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone has anything to do with writing stuff, which he does, he's credited for the screenplay with David Morrell. Well, that's based on the characters. He didn't write this. Uh, David Morrell wrote the book First Blood, basically. And uh, Matthew Serlichnik. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he he helped the screenplay too. But you know it's mostly Sylvester Stallone. But that's coming out, I believe. Hmm, I want to say, oh, release date 2019 is not a date. But I know they've done filming it not too long ago, and it's in post-production. It says here fall of 2019. So we'll see how good uh, that one is. Did I get them all here? Aquaman, Mary Poppins, Spider-Man, Bumblebee. Vice, The Mule, Bohemian Rhapsody. By the way, did I say what? Creed got 7.7. Yeah. Okay. And and here's one. I'm just curious what you think about this one. It's starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. They've teamed up with, I think it was called Step Brothers and Talladega Knights. They were in. I I don't know what else they've they've been in together. Maybe a couple other ones, but. I'm uh, Will Ferrell out. I don't know about you. I'm pretty much Will Ferrell out unless he does something different, which I don't think he ever will unless he tries to go the serious route, which would be a big mistake. That's got Ralph Fiennes in it. That was the a-hole from Schindler's List and and a bunch of other movies. Um, So a humorous take on Sir Arthur Arthur Conan Doyle's classic mysteries featuring Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. You can guess that Sherlock Holmes is going to be, I guess – uh, Holmes and Watson's going to be John C. Riley. Ralph Fiennes is going to be uh, Mor- Moriarty. That's their nemesis. What do you think? Above seven or below? I would say below. 24 Metascore, which is deeply in the red. And get this. Ready for this? 3.4. Wow. Four, four, a little over 4,500 votes. Not a lot of votes, but I bet that one stays... You know, that's people that go out and see it. I don't know what to say. I know when when a, when a critic uh, user score is high at the beginning, I think it's the way I explained it. You know, all the nerds and people who love Star Wars will go see it first and give it a high rating, and then the normal people go see it, and it gets comes to reality, down to reality. I would say this is – it might be worse than 3.4. I don't know. It looks freaking dumb. Um, 
these these two as a comedy pair, I I'm really I'm done with that for sure. I don't I can't remember how many they've done together. I just named the two, uh, but yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. I'm, I'm done with I'm done with this. I'm done with it as well. I was I was I was Will Ferrell out a while ago, but. You know, he, him and uh, Mark Wahlberg, they were pretty good in Daddy's Home. I saw the first one. That was actually pretty funny, and I was happy about that. I haven't seen the second one, but I think I heard that one's pretty funny. But, I don't yeah, think I've seen that, it either. Yeah. The, fir- the first one was pretty good, but, uh, but uh, yeah, this one, I'm not really excited about this one. Um, I, was, I thought I was kind of tired of this uh, around Step Brothers. I thought Step Brothers was funny the first time, first few times I saw it, but then I kind of... I don't really care for it anymore. Yeah, that was a one time. Okay, that's funny. I'm done with it. The kind of thing yeah. for me too. Yeah. So, all right, that's our little game for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, your guesses were well. If you if you do this the other way around, you gave me the titles. I probably would have blown more than half of these uh, above seven or below. I mean, I mean, you double the rating for Holmes and Watson, and you still are below seven. 6.8. I mean, that's how bad it supposedly is. I have no desire to see it. It's like 90 minutes long. I, 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 I don't think I'd watch this if it was free. I, I might, maybe if it's free. That's, about, <laughs> that's how bad I, that I, you know. Oh, there's one more I wanted. I wanted to save this for last because I'm deeply disappointed about this rating. Um, this is, okay, first of all, the trailer looks good, but then again, these days they can really make, uh, a pile of crap look really good with trailers if they do it the right way. And if a trailer looks bad, you know the movie's probably going to be really bad. But it, I'm kind of wondering about the lead character playing this because it's kind of a serious role. I think it is a serious role. Although it is, is a genre's biography, comedy, drama. It's called Welcome to Marwin. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. I, it's, it, the... The explanation is a victim of uh, a brutal attack finds a unique and beautiful therapeutic outlet to help him through his recovery process they show the the trailer and it's like he uses uh like little gi joes or something acts like he's in his own little world so it's like half gi joe character you know animation and it's half real life i guess uh it's about two hours long hour and 56 minutes here's the problem i have with this one the trailer looked really i thought this is something different what i'm always looking for but i think i'm looking too hard for things that are different folks because uh this and and then then i find out okay robert zemeckis is director so i'm absolutely looking forward to it and then i see that did you say what do you think above or below seven no but it sounds like from what you're talking about it's it's below seven 5.6 now it only has yeah, Metascore 40. It only has uh, 1,700 votes, but still 5.6 is really bad. I would definitely check it out. I'll probably wait till it comes on DVD or whatever, streaming. Uh, probably won't go to the theater to check that out. One, it, because of the rating. Because of that rating being that far below 7, I'll probably wait. And I got if I went to the theater you know, anytime soon, I want to see probably The Mule, maybe Vice, um, those before I see uh, – Welcome to Marwin. I would have went and saw it like on a date or something if, if you know, um, if it didn't have such a crappy rating. But anyway, there we go. That's our game for the day. So, hey, let's get into our list. Um, remember, this is the top ten list for uh, the best or well, however you look at it. Best, we say best villains. Top ten, top ten villains of all time. That's my top ten list. Your top ten list. 
And I mentioned I had 17 to start whenever I just blurted them all out and, you know, wrote them all down. And I whittled it down to my top 10. I think it's good. I, I got a surprise at the top. You know, in the top three, uh, you'll be surprised because I think you you think you know who my number one is, but it's changed. I got a new number one. Um, it's really close, though. I it's it's almost. I almost want to say it's a tie, but and I'll go in explaining that um, and why I actually might be wrong with my own. You know, one and two ratings. Uh, we'll get into that. But uh, I'll start. You started last week. How about I start with my number ten? Sure. Okay, so my number 10, we actually already talked about this for a little while earlier in the episode here. Um, and this is one of the, the bad guys that you don't see until like toward the end. Last 20 or 30 minutes, I want to say, and that's Kevin Spacey in, in a movie, Seven. Um, we love Seven. Uh, it, it, what was the list? Remember I was saying, oh, this, I messed up because this should have been on one of my lists and it wasn't. What was the, did we do an episode where that, where that could have been? I'm not sure. I know. Th- I know this one was on my Netflix list because it was at least at the time it was on That's Netflix. Probably. But uh, this one, this one could almost be on probably either one of our top ten, at least my top ten all time list seven anyway. But yeah, Kevin Spacey as uh, John Doe. I'm sure that's what he's listed as. He's he's great in that. Even if he, even if you know he, you only see him at the end or whatever, but he's there the whole time because you know we're. I guess that's you know you're you're looking for good actors or whatever for a villain, but you know it's you know they're what they do also is what makes them a good villain. Like you know the certain type of people that they are or whatever. I you know you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. They're 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 bad people. Yeah, absolutely, and I. I uh, I know I forgot this on one of my lists. Maybe it was a top ten best movies ever made. I it probably should be on that. Uh, actually, maybe not because I haven't I haven't rated as a nine out of ten on IMDb. So that's probably where it is with me. And like I said, I have ten that I have rated uh, ten. Um, 10 exactly that I have uh, rated at 10. It has an 8.6 on IMDb, and that's with you know 1.2 million votes. So that's a solid. 8.6. So 1.2 million people thought this was an 8.6. It's in the IMDb top 250. I don't know where. I, it's somewhere in there, probably in the top 20. Uh, the Metascore is 65, well in the green. Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, uh, it's that, you know, kind of you, you see the storyline, and it's like, oh, this guy's getting ready to retire as a detective, Morgan Freeman. And you got the new cocky uh, you know, new detective that's coming in, Brad Pitt, and you think, oh, well, that story again, but it's, you can't miss this movie. If you haven't seen uh, Seven, and I know we're kind of getting into a, a, the movie itself uh, discussion here, but uh, you got to check it out. Kevin Spacey, uh, we, we keep saying it, regardless of what he did in his personal life screwing up, he's, uh, we're sorry to see him go because he's a very talented actor. And, and he's, he's, uh, my number 10, uh, best villain. By the way, he, this guy, I mean, he, we know he's not going to be in anything anymore, but he did this weird thing. Did you see that last week where he, he got it, did, did like a YouTube video where he, he, you know, he was in that show, um, uh, uh, House of Cards. He was the main guy for six seasons. The last season, of course, he got fired because of his, what he did back in the 80s. Um, uh, so, you know, he's done it all. They actually filmed the whole movie. Uh, I forget what it was called. It was a pretty good movie, too. And they replaced him and filmed it again because, you know, they wanted him out of it. That's how bad, you know, this stuff he did. 
but he got on there, and his name was Frank Underwood. He was the president in House of Cards, and they killed him off in the last season. But then he did this weird thing where he did a YouTube video or something, and he's like, hi, I'm Frank. And he was acting like he was playing that character. They, they got rid of me, but you, I know you all want me back. So I didn't watch it, but some weird thing like that. Now the guy might go to jail because he's – they got him like on video groping a busboy or something from 2016. I don't know. Obviously, he's got problems. Um, you know, when it comes to that, absolutely. Should he be making films? No, he's he's done with good reason. I mean, he's he's uh, allegedly raped the guy back in the 80s. I mean, that's pretty serious stuff, right? And he's just, I guess, he's a creep uh, in real life. So I know there's this big. Um, me too movement after the Harvey Weinstein thing. And some people, uh, you know, getting judged by the public before a fair trial and all that. This might not be the case. This seems like it's the real deal. Cause he admitted it, you know, he apologized for it. So he admitted it. Um, and yeah, so we're not going to see him in acting in anything. I don't think definitely not anytime soon, but he was a great John Doe in here. That's his name because he doesn't have a name. I don't think he has any fingerprints or anything, but boy, is he a, he's a creep in this movie, man. You know, uh, the deadly <laughs> sins goes through all of them and what he does to his victims. Wow. Got to see it if you haven't seen that. So anyway, that's my number 10, Kevin Spacey as John Doe in seven. How about you? Okay, my number 10, uh, I knew that I had to squeeze him on here. I I didn't know if it would be this low, but once I made my list, I realized there were there were many 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 more villains that were better than this one, but that is John Lithgow as Eric Quaylen from Cliffhanger. <laughs> now, uh yeah, John Lithgow, you know, he usually does a little bit more comedy. Of course, he was on uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Uh, I can't. He was he was in Footloose. So I guess that's not really a comedy, but he was really good in Third Rock from the Sun, at least with the the comedy side. Um, and he he, he does that really does usually little smaller roles. Actually, I mean, this is one of his bigger roles. He did Harry and Hendersons, of course. But uh, this one, man, he's really good. Uh, he's he's really smart in this movie. I guess at least he comes off, he comes off as being smart. I like that about a villain. Uh, he only, you know, the, the whole premise in the movie Cliffhanger is, uh, you know, they're, they're after money. And Eric Quaylen in this movie, he only cares about the money. I mean, it's, he's great. It's fantastic. I mean, he actually kills his girlfriend because only him and her are the two, uh, they're, they're the only two who can fly a helicopter. So he shoots her so nobody can shoot him and kill him so they can get out of there alive. But, uh, and yeah, it's just, he's got some good, he's got some good one liners in there and he, he's in a good chunk of the movie. He's, and of course we might, I, I think, uh, I think cliffhanger was on my, was on my hammy list. That was one of our earlier episodes where, uh, you know, guys are super tough guys or whatever, but, um, he, he's for, as far as a, a hammy, a hammy movie villain, he he's pretty good. Uh, some of like some of maybe my other honorable mentions for a hammy movie villain would be uh, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse. You know he didn't make the list, but he's one that I thought of. Or or Simon Phoenix from Demolition Man, also a good hammy movie villain. But uh, out of all those guys, uh, John Lithgow I think is Eric Quaylen really does really does a good job in this movie. And he's he's got again he's got some good lines in the in the movie, and you always want that in, with your villains, whether they're whether they're a little bit hammy or a cheesy or whatever. Or if they're actually serious, where uh, you talked about earlier, like they actually, their words could invoke fear in you whenever they say them. Yeah. Uh, 
You know, he didn't make my list. Uh, he is an honorable mention, uh, John Lithgow, but I do have an explanation. <laughs> I just think he he seems to be trying too hard. I, I, I it's hard to explain this, and I I wanted to explain it better. I'm not going to. I don't think, but he just seems too too bad. I you know, like he's he's a bad guy, and he's just trying too hard. I I can't explain it any better way than that. He's really got some. Okay, here's a good example. I think is a good example. Whenever. They they killed the old man, right? Uh, the the helicopter pilot that works for the, the with the rescue guys. Um, remember they killed they 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 shot and killed him. Um, Frank, yeah, his, his name was Frank. And <laughs> and, uh, and Michael Rooker, uh, who plays Hal Tucker in there, he he says uh, this man never hurt anyone, and he says touching. I'm like, okay, that's a little. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> But it was a little too much. I don't know. I can't explain it. But that's why he's an honorable mention for me, and he's not. He is a scary guy. I, I totally see why you asked. He was on the list for me, but I took him off because of that. I just thought he was too too overboard tr- trying to act like a bad guy. But John Lithgow, he does, he, he's a good bad guy. I mean, I he's done other things where he's a bad guy. He was in, um, uh, what did he do? It was way back when, uh, it was like in the eighties or nineties. He, he played a character where he was a bad guy. I just can't remember what it was. He's played a bad guy before, but like you said, third rock from the sun. I tell you what, I I've seen a couple of those episodes. He, he was totally a, a comedic character there. Uh, and he can do comedy obviously, cause that was a very successful show, but, uh, it doesn't, he can still be a bad guy. And that's one thing. When you see somebody do a comedy and then they turn around and can be a bad guy, this good of a bad guy, uh, it really makes you respect their acting skills a little more. Me anyway. Yeah, totally. Or it's almost like, it's almost like the big, the big ordeal that we've talked about on here where Michael Keaton was, uh, did comedy for all those years and then turned around and did Batman. Yeah, absolutely. Good example because that's all he was. I don't know if there are any, Serious things he did before Batman. I, I can't think of any, but he's done a couple of serious movies. There's one where like he he's got cancer or something, and he's dying, and and he records like he does a video recording of himself to teach his unborn son or something. You know how to shave and how to be you know get a date or whatever. He it's a real sad. So I, I forget what the movie is, but he does a serious role there, and obviously he's done serious roles since then. But right before Batman, it was such an outcry, you know, from Batman fans that no way you can, you know, it was like the worst casting ever. And I mean, he got more flack than what was the other example we were talking about a few episodes ago where people didn't like the casting, but they did a good job. I can't remember the other good example, but yeah, people did not want him to be Batman. And it turned out he was, he, if you ask me the best Batman, I mean, who was better than him? I, I don't think, like you said, you got to, you always say when you play Batman, it's really how well you play Bruce Wayne, not how well you play Batman. Cause Batman, you know, you got the weird voice and you, you're, you're, you're only in the movie how many minutes and you're, you know, you're under a mask. So most of it's the acting comes through Bruce Wayne, right? Yeah, absolutely. Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton's always my Batman. And yeah. I would rate him real quick here. I didn't give this much thought, but I would say, I would say uh, Michael Keaton. Wow, there's a lot more Batman's than you think. I'd say Michael Keaton, uh, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Surprisingly, right? Ben Affleck. Ben 
Ben I mean, Affleck's three yeah. for sure these days. Val, Val Kilmer and then then George Clooney. So I guess that's the only five, unless you include the comedy from the the sixties. Um, I forget his name. He died a few years ago, but uh, unless you include Adam West, Adam West, yeah, unless you include him, which I don't. So <laughs> that was just a you know campy comedy kind of thing back in the sixties. So of course, when I was a kid, I thought it was serious Batman, but it was not absolutely. And yeah. And uh, once again, I love cliffhanger, especially the first 10 minutes. You were telling me the other day, you're like, uh, you were, I think you were watching cliffhanger for prep for this. And you told me, you told me that, uh, because that got girl dot, uh, the girl, uh, that's a spoiler. Well, you gotta know this by now. This is, yeah, this everybody is knows. Everybody knows this one. yeah. So the girl dies at the beginning, which is like, I've seen this movie in college, me and my college roommates used to watch it like all the time. We got a free on HBO or something, and we watched it like every time it came on. It was hilarious, right? We loved this movie. But I've probably seen this well over a hundred times and ninety of it probably in college. But uh uh I still think that she's gonna he's gonna save her at the beginning, you know, but obviously he doesn't. And you told me the other day, like oh, and a lot of people had to lose their, their licenses for this fiasco whenever she died, right? Oh man, people had to get so people would get so fired if that they dropped that girl. All three of those people, four of those people, Gabe, Frank, uh, Tucker, and uh, Jesse, the girl's name. They would all they would all lose their whatever licenses they had. Well, That's their job to not drop people. Well, 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 Gabe Walker quit. Remember, he quit and moved on. Right? He just well, came he, back. He just came back for the girl. Well, you just sometimes you just lose the feel <laughs> or the nerve. which is probably what he lost both of that right i don't know just lose the field that was a good line actually but yeah Yeah. good good part good good beginning of a movie we should do that good best beginnings of movies and uh that would would be one of them for sure uh and glorious bastards would be another one just off the top of my head yeah of all the intense scenes that's probably one of the most intense paul fiction paul fiction go with quentin tarantino again and listen for that first scenes with samuel jackson and uh, John Travolta, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That one goes from you know flashes back uh, uh, past to present or whatever, and it it jumps back and forth. But yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's see my number nine. Um, this one comes from one of my best sequels. Oh, I meant to go through my sequels and tell you which one was um, which one I thought were better than the first. I'll do that real quick. Before I forget. Okay, so I did. We did the best sequels list last last episode. Uh, best sequels. I always wanted to do best sequels that are better than the original. Your problem with that is you couldn't think of. You probably couldn't think of ten that were better than the original, which is a very valid I'd point. Probably, I, I probably couldn't think of five, honestly, sequels that are better than the original. That's I could, tough. I could. That's why why we disagreed about this because I definitely could, and you, uh, you, you couldn't. Um, but I would say I had my top ten were uh, ten to ten to one here: Superman Returns, Superman Two, Aliens, Empire Strikes Back, Road Warrior, X Men: Days of Future Past, Spider Man Two, Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. That would be let's narrow that down. And Spider Man Two. With Tobey Maguire, narrow that down. That's a shame. We got to keep doing that. The Dark Knight and Terminator Two was my my best sequel. Although the Dark Knight's right there with it, right? So I would say out of that list of mine, a lot of them were better than the original. Um, not Superman Returns, not Superman Two. The first one was better. Aliens, I thought was better than Alien. I th- yeah, you keep saying that. I I need to check that out, man, because I forgot. I forgot that uh, 
or I either forgot or never knew that Ridley Scott does the first one right, but James Cameron does the mm-hmm. second one yeah. right. And it was like which is awesome. Movie. And I can't believe I never knew that. And I think you brought to my attention earlier that uh, for some reason in a in a past in a past episode, I may have mentioned that Ridley Scott directed Interstellar. And uh, if anybody oh, yeah. heard that, I apologize. I apologize. I don't know what. I'm not, I know positive. I'm not positive you did, but I, I thought you might have said. Uh, well, I think, I think maybe because at the same time, and I might be mixed up, but I thought you said that. I think I yeah I think uh, I think one of the one of those alien sequels came out at the same time and if I said it that's probably why what what I was thinking because I think one of those other alien Ridley Scott movies did come out around the same time and there there was a bunch of space movies that came out at the same time or at least like in the same like five year span yeah so uh, and there was there was there was uh, of course you know we were talking about how big James Cameron was at the time I don't think you realize how close uh, Terminator. The original was 84, and then um, the the Aliens, the second one in the Alien um, uh, movies was Aliens. It was That was directed by James Cameron, and like I said in the last episode, if, 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 if Terminator, the original, didn't put him on the map, Aliens definitely did. So he came in there and did a – I thought a fantastic – I liked it better because it was a lot more action. It wasn't as slow as the original – but then again, there was seven years apart. I think I think I want to say Alien was 1979 and Aliens was 86. Two different directors. I just thought it was better. I thought if I – right now, if you told me which one – you can only watch one right now or for the rest of your life, which one? I'd say Aliens. It, you know, it had um, – what's his name? Uh, game over, man. Bill Paxton. I, I just thought it – I don't know. I liked it a lot better. A lot of people probably disagree. James Cameron, by the way, is doing a- a- Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. So it looks like Avatar <laughs> 2 comes out that he really was banking on this, didn't he? And the first one was good. Probably not as good as some people say, but it was really good. Avatar 2, 2020. Avatar 3, 2021. I think they're filming those both at the same time. Avatar 4, 2024. Avatar 5, 2025. I don't know if anyone's done this. Or they're like their next five projects or, or four projects or, or just sequels like that. Anyway, so uh, Aliens is better than the Alien for me. Umpire Strikes Back, I thought, ooh, this is probably going to get me into hot water. I think it was better than, you know, uh, the, the first Star Wars. I agree. I, I I think I think it's better than I think it's better than Return. I think it's the best out of the three. It's always been my favorite out of the three. Out of all of them for me. It was really Yeah, good. me too, probably. Yeah, so... Um, the the Road Warrior, I loved Mad Max, don't get me wrong, but The Road Warrior was a better film than, than Mad Max. It was just, you know, a lot of times you will get these cheesy, uh, you know, Mad Max was like an Australian film, but once it, they saw the success of it, they start, you put money into it and it becomes better, you know? Like, a, like Terminator, the original, was a great movie. I loved it, but I think Terminator 2 is better, and that's probably because... Like I told you before, I, I lived through all the hype about it when it was coming out. It was a, probably the biggest hype a movie ever had and lived up to, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It was like the most expensive movie ever made, $100 million at the time, 1991. And, and he just, I don't know, it was just a bigger, better, a lot better special effects. I know you're talking 84 versus 1991, but and a lot of people think the Terminator, the original, and I think a lot of you, I believe, but a lot of people just say, oh, it's just better, man. And I just, 
I don't think it is. I, I think it's a great movie. It's a great story. Let's just say, what if you could put the special effects he had in Terminator 2 in Terminator the original? Would it be better? I don't think so. I, I think it's a great story. I, I don't know. The way, the, just everything they put into the, the second one, and it's close. Don't get me wrong. These Both of these are fantastic movies. Uh, but I just think it's a little bit better than the original. Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, not only do I think it's better than any of the ones before it, I think it's the best one ever made out of the X-Men series. Um, Spider-Man 2, I think I'm with you on that. I think that's better than Tobey Maguire's first Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek 2, The Wrath of Khan, absolutely 20 times better than the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture. The Dark Knight, without question, is better than... Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Batman Begins, and that's it. That, that, so most of those on my list, half of them at least, are I thought were better than um, the ones before. As far as the, the the honorable mentions I had, Silence of the Lambs was a lot better than the first one uh, th- that they did in the 80s. That was crap, actually. Not crap, but worth a watch. But John Wick 2 is probably just as good as John Wick 1. I don't know if it's better, but they're about the same. Um Mission Impossible Fallout, I think it's the best one of the whole series. So not only better than the, you know, any particular one before it, Mad Max Fury Road, I think Road Warrior is better than Fury Road, even though we didn't, I didn't call that a sequel. It was more like a, because uh, they recast the character. I think it was a reboot, if you will, or as the director said, Miller, he says uh, it's a revisiting. Hey, Captain America Civil War, I thought that was better than Avengers, actually. And those are my honorable mentions. But anyway, that's, that's I wanted to get those out there real quick before I forgot. And now we're down to my number nine. And speaking of Terminator 2, this would be uh, the T-1000, Robert Patrick. That is my uh, number nine on my best villains list uh, from Terminator 2. I thought that this was uh, – I mean, you look at Robert Patrick now, you're like, wow, is that the same guy? But obviously he was a lot younger uh, back then in 1991. He scared me. He was um, uh, a, a scary – you know, he was he was more – I don't know. This is a tough one. Is he more scary than uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's version? I don't know because he talked a little more. He was uh, playing a cop and he was – you know, kind of nice to people sometimes, but he was scary. Don't get me wrong. But I think I would say that, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator in the beginning, because he was a bad guy in the beginning, uh, in the first one, I, I think that was, he was a better villain, but I would say that Robert Patrick, he's definitely number nine on my list. I, you were, as a, you were afraid of him. Um, he, you didn't think he could be beat. I mean, throughout the whole movie, you're like, how are they going to beat this guy? He's liquid metal. You know, they tried to freeze him. He just melted, you know, near the blast furnaces and came back, you know. There's actually a couple scenes that reminds me of that they cut out of uh, Terminator um, Terminator 2. You have to go to the extras and see. I mentioned in the last episode that Michael Bean, the, the guy from uh, the original Terminator who played Kyle Reese, uh, excellent job, as you said, um, but – they cut him out of some flashbacks. I don't know why James Cameron did that. But they also cut out some things. There are a couple little spot scenes in there where you see Robert Patrick, the, the T-1000. He's starting to get a little flicker in him, like, like he's starting to be defeated. You know what I'm saying? Like his face flickers a couple times. Like he's not, he's not like 100% right, you know? Like what they're doing to him is is kind of starting to damage him a little bit. Do you remember seeing those? Uh, I saw. I saw. I've seen a couple of the deleted scenes because I know that they've played them on FX before. I know that, and I've seen one. There's one I think where like uh, where like Linda Hamilton opens up 
the Terminator's head and like does yeah. something in there. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Uh, now I do know that in the actual, the original filming of the movie, I know there's one scene where this is a, this is a good choice for villain, by the way, because like you said, after after Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger is the better villain out of the two. But after him, you know what what could you possibly come with next? And uh, the the T one thousand that's an that's an awesome an awesome choice with the liquid metal. But there is one scene in the original movie I do know where he like flickers like, but it's only one time. It's one time I that, think. Right, one time. But in the extras, do you remember see they like like when you're in a um uh, uh like a they were in some kind of manufacturing plant or something and they have those little hazard lines they show like where you don't want to get too close to the machine so that it's, it's yellow and black stripes. Well, he mm-hmm. puts his hand. There's one extra scene I think they deleted where he puts his hand on it. I think and it turns his hand turns yellow and black. Like you know how he can imitate just about anything, right? Well, it act, he didn't want to imitate that yellow and black. It just did it to him, you know, because he's starting to break down. So there were little things mm. like that that I don't know why they cut. It was a it was a quick couple second thing and you get to the, you know, maybe James Cameron only wanted us to see that one time where he's, you know, a little bit affected by what they're doing, but I thought a couple more wouldn't have, wouldn't have hurt anything. Might have made it cuz if you miss that scene where he flickers, you kind of miss that he's not that they're doing any damage to him, you know? Or maybe he didn't want us to think that they're doing any damage to him, you know, until they melt him in that, you know, the big molten steel. I don't know what his reason was, but I thought it was a good scene. Watch the extras on Terminator 2 um, on the DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and you'll see there are some scenes in there you're like, why do they cut these? I mean, I know sometimes they cut things for length or whatever, but I mean, this movie was two hours and 17 minutes long. It could have been three, and I don't think anyone would have complained. I know that you know, you get to that point where, yeah, this is just too long and a director feels that way. But, yeah, there's some scenes and you're like, why would they cut that? Anyway, Robert Patrick as the T-1000 liquid metal guy. And, by the way, they did do – I just watched this again the other day, um, uh, Terminator Genesis. <laughs> That's You think it wrapped it up nicely. Uh, I, I thought it was good. It was definitely better than Terminator Salvation. Probably it's not oh, – I don't, I don't think it's better than – Actually, I don't think it's better than Terminator 3 Rise of Machines. I mean, it's good. I like Genesis. I don't really like Jay Courtney or whoever he is. Um, but whatever. He did a good job, I guess. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, well, the guy that plays um, uh, in, in, in Genesis, the guy that plays John, John Connor, Jason uh, Clark, is it? I think he's a, he's a good actor. He's in... Um, the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in like uh, Lawless. He was in something else. He's pretty good. He's in one of the yeah. new Planet of the Apes. One of the new Planet of the Apes sequels. I really yeah, like he's him. Good. Yeah, I like him. And I he, too. Uh, he did. Um, he was. Remember when he comes uh, toward the end of the movie? He comes and he's John Connor, and he, he goes into the hospital uh, where they have uh, uh, Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese uh, arrested there, and he says, mm-hmm. you know, he he tells them. You know, I'm John Connor. They see him and they wonder if he's real or not. But then he turns out he's not. He's real. He's really him. But he's he's kind of a uh, he's kind of like a T a, a, a more modern T one thousand, right? This is even worse mm-hmm. than T one thousand, right? Because he can he can do a few more things, not a whole lot more things, but he's different. He's I think a better ver- a newer model of T one thousand or whatever it is. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's it. That's my number nine. Well, how about you? 
My number nine, um, had to make sure I got this one on my list. That would be Jeffrey Rush as Captain Hector Barbosa from the Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean movies. Now, he, I'll tell you what, man, he, uh, he, I think was the best pirate in all of these movies. Now, obviously, Captain Jack Sparrow is the best character in the movie, but I mean, uh, Cap Barbosa, he, uh, he has like the, the perfect pirate voice the makeup they do on him is fantastic he's a bad guy at all times uh he's he 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 plays he he's really smart i already said i like that in in my in my villains he seems really smart you know kind of like in the first one he says there's a lot of long words in there we're not but humble pirates uh, <laughs> but he just he just talks he talks really cool and he talks he sounds like what I have always imagined a pirate sounds like. And yeah, yeah so that's, I think he was, I think he's better than, uh, I think he's better than Davy Jones, who was in the second and third one. Uh, just because, just because Davy Jones really, I mean, he was good, but his, his makeup was what was really all those special effects with the, the octopus on his face. That was what made him really cool. But Barbosa, the Jeffrey Rush playing Barbosa, he was, he was fantastic. And like I said, I think he was the best actual pirate or does the best rendition of a pirate in anybody in that whole series. Absolutely. I, I, I agree. Totally agree with you there. I, he's an honorable mention for me. I really considered him for the list, my top 10 list, but I just couldn't put him over the hump, I guess. I think he was excellent in that. I think he made that movie. Now Johnny Depp's character did too. Uh, am I Johnny Depp out as far as Captain Jack Sparrow goes? Absolutely. I don't want to see anymore. You know they're going to do it for the money. Actually, I think they're they're either getting ready to shoot one or they got one in the works. I can't remember where it's at, but they're really just driving it. You know, they're just driving it into the ground. If you ask me. Uh, it's like we said last time, it's Johnny Depp's best thing he ever did, and he's really take, trying to take advantage of that because what's he done? You know, besides some earlier things he did when he was younger um, that were pretty good, what's he done outside of Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? I, not not much in people. Is, people go crazy. People go crazy for that movie, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I have seen that movie. I bet you I've seen that movie a dozen times, and I think it, the only reason I've seen it so many times is because I'm just trying to watch it and figure out why everybody loves it so much. Uh, that's of course everybody knows about that movie. It's the one where Johnny Depp plays Hunter S. Thompson, or at least a, a, a character out of a book that Hunter S. Thompson wrote. And, but the, the character supposedly was supposed to be based on him a little bit or whatever. But that's, that's, other than Pirates of the Caribbean, that's probably the biggest thing that, at least people, what people love him for. I know he did Donnie Brasco, which was a mob movie, which was okay. That one's almost kind of like, I've eh, seen it. <laughs> was, it was really good. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, Johnny Depp, yeah, he hasn't done, he hasn't done too much. He's making murder on the Orient Express. I won't even. I'm not even going to try to watch that crap. You know, I. I don't see what he. You know what I actually liked him, and it wasn't that bad. Is when he did his version. Nothing's going to beat uh, the original um, uh, Willy Wonka. But the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He was a weirdo in that, and it, it was actually wasn't bad. I. I didn't hate his version of it. I'll say that. You know, I actually didn't. I actually didn't see that one. That's Tim Burton, though, right? I like Tim Burton. That's yeah. I, I and they, those two have uh, those two have teamed up I've, quite a few times, right? 
Um, yeah. What Edward Scissorhands, uh, Sweeney Todd, the barber. <laughs> yeah. What, what's, uh, oh, Gene Wilder was the original. Um, and there, nobody will beat that. I mean, that's, he was just excellent, excellent at that. Uh, but I didn't hate, I'll say that. I didn't hate his, um, uh, his rendition of it. It was creepy, weird, but it was, it was different. He didn't try to be Gene Wilder. I'll say, um, I liked the first Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought it was excellent movie. Jeffrey Rush was excellent. I just, I just couldn't put him over the hump into this group of others. You know, he probably should be right there at number 10 B. I thought he was great. You know, you best start believing in nightmares, Missy, cause you're in one. I, I that whole <laughs> thing he did was, was part. It was, I thought, if not as good as Johnny Depp, it was better than Johnny Depp. And the first time you see Johnny Depp in that character, you're like, wow, this is pretty good, you know. But the seventh time you see Johnny Depp in that character, I'm done. I'm done with it. I was done after three, I think. I mean, how many How many have there been? What, it, it, the oh, one they're making now, right? They're making another one, I think. One, two, what? One, two, Three, four, five, and this would be there's, six? There's, There's been five. There's going to be six. Be six. And... And you know I am I'm tired I'm I'm pretty much tired of them too. The last one I saw was one of the worst movies I've ever seen and I am tired of Johnny Depp is well not tired of him as Captain Jack Sparrow I'm just tired of the movies but you know what makes me more excited whenever I'm watching them is if Jeffrey Rush makes an appearance as Captain Barbosa and he he's usually does I, this one too. He's supposed he to did come the back fourth in this one. one I can't remember if he was in the fifth one cuz I couldn't pay attention to the fifth one after about the first 10 minutes. It's in development. It doesn't say Johnny Depp, but I can't imagine not having Johnny Depp. But in the trivia part on IMDb, it says Jeffrey Rush is predicted to return as uh, Hector Barbosa. I mean, you see it in the ratings too. Like, like the first one, uh, the the Curse of the Black Black Pearl. Right, that I gave it an eight. Uh, there was a sixty three Metascore critic score, an eight, an even eight out of uh, ten on the with almost damn near a million. Uh, votes from users, uh, obviously the favorite. And then they, in ratings, they go down to 7.1, 6.6, 6.6, 6.6. And Pirates of the Caribbean, probably negative 6.6 if I have anything to do with it. But yeah, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And, and the, here's the, here's another reason that Jeffrey Rush probably didn't make my top 10 list. I, I think it takes away from the, 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 the character Hector Barbosa in the first one when he kind of gets a little campy and, you know, it's kind of comedic in the, in the, in the other ones. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, it, they do. They do kind of, uh, stretch it in, in ways that might be a little bit different, campy yeah. or cheesy or different. Yeah. But I don't know. You know what? I think it's in the, I think it's in the third one where, uh, they, where, uh, Will Turner and, uh, Elizabeth, whatever her name is, uh, they, they make Barbosa marry them on the boat. That's kind of cheesy, but I thought that part was kind of cool where they're all fighting on the ship and stuff. I think the fight scenes in all those movies are great. And Barbosa was, I, I think it's great whenever he's gets to be in the fight scenes too. He's not bad. I mean, he's not bad in the other ones. I just think he's a lot more devious in the first one. Definitely. Um, yeah. The other things like, Oh, like Johnny Depp, Mordecai? What the hell was that? He did Black Mass where he played James Whitey Bulger, and I'm like, well, this is going to be pretty good. It wasn't that good. I mean, it, it just no. What is it? Almost a seven, six point nine. Transcendence was kind of weird, but one of his better ones. He actually did one a few years ago where they kidnap his daughter. I forget what it was, and he's just a normal guy, which is hard to see Johnny Depp playing a normal guy in movies, but he was. 
a kind of like a nerdy computer guy. I forget what it was, but uh, that was that was like in the nineties. Uh, he did he did one that I really like, and it's probably my second favorite Johnny Depp movie, and that's um, uh, when he played John Dillinger, Public Enemies. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's I really like it. I don't know why it does have Jason Clark in it too, uh, but Johnny Depp's pretty good in that playing John. And if you know anything about John Dillinger, he, I think he plays the part really well. So. That's a good one. Have you seen that one, Public Enemy? I have, I have seen it, but I saw it a long time ago. I saw it like right whenever it came out, and I wasn't all that impressed with it, but I do need to see it again. You should probably check it out again. I mean, it's, well, it's nine years. 2009 was when it was made. They put a lot of, a lot of effort into it. It's got a 7.0 out of a, a quarter, over a quarter million voters. Seven point, a seven, 70 even Metascore, which is pretty good. Michael Mann is a great director and he directed, he directed this. I don't think he would make the top, uh, top 10 list for directors we're going to do next episode, but Michael Mann's a great, um, director. I think he's worked with Tom Cruise. He did last, uh, he's a producer on Last of the Mohicans and things like Collateral with, um, Tom Cruise and Jamie, um, Jamie Foxx. He did Manhunter. <laughs> did Manhunter, right. He Michael said, Mann did Manhunter, which I also watched recently. And it's got uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp is John Dillinger in Public Enemy. you got Christian Bales, uh, Melvin Purvis, who's on his, you know, tracking him down. Uh, Jason Clark, I mentioned. It's got some other people that at the time I didn't really know, but uh, they've been another thing. I like guess it's got Stephen Dorff in it, too. It's got, it's got some other people in it, too. Um, who's the guy that... Um, He's the guy that's in uh, Avatar, the the mean Marine, the older Marine guy. Oh, he's been in some Civil War movies. Stephen um, Lang. Stephen Lang, yep. It's got him. It's got Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum has a small part in there. It's Pretty Boy Floyd. It's got – this is all public enemies. It's got um, uh, Giovanni Rubisi. He's one of our favorites, especially after Avatar. What are you people smoking? <laughs> He's a good bad guy, actually, on there now that I think about it. But, um, yeah, check it, Public Enemies, if you haven't seen that one. So, okay, that's uh, – what was that? That was your number That was nine? my number nine. I think we're on your number eight. All right, so now we're on to uh, my number eight, and uh, we're going to go with Terminator again. And we kind of talked about this. We don't have to say a lot about. It. I guess we. I didn't say a whole lot about it, but it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in the in the original Terminator. That's that's my number eight. And uh, I, I just. I mean, for a guy that doesn't say a whole lot of, you know, what what does he say, Sarah Connor? I mean, what more does he say? I mean, he doesn't say a whole lot, does he? Is that all he says? Yeah, he says uh, he has a couple with profanity in him. He has a few in the beginning. The beginning scene with Bill Paxton. Nice night for a walk, eh? Oh, uh, yeah. Your clothes. Give them <laughs> to me. Uh, which I, I, that I, when I watch Genesis again, they re, they redo that beginning, you know, cause the Terminator, the original Terminator goes back and then Arnold comes, the older Arnold comes out and goes, I've been waiting for you, but they redid, they reshot the, the kids there looking at the thing. And w- one of them was Bill Paxton. Of course they had to use a different actor for this, but I miss Bill Paxton in that. He's obviously one of James Cameron's favorites, but, uh, thought that was awesome. Uh, or, it was better with Bill Paxton, actually. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator, he didn't say much. I guess he did say get get uh, when he's in the hotel room. Yeah, 
Yeah, he does. He does have a few profanities in there, but he doesn't say a whole lot. He's a scary guy. I mean, all just like Kyle Reese says, man, he absolutely will not stop until you are dead. He has no remorse, no feelings, nothing, right? He's just the Terminator. And back then when Arnold Schwarzenegger was kind of just starting out, I don't know what he did before this, maybe Hercules or whatever. I Conan, Conan, the barbarian, right? Uh, he didn't say a whole lot and probably good because his accent was even worse. Uh, so just being a scary dude, man. I mean, that's you were afraid of this guy. Even now when I watch it again, I'm like, I'm afraid of the Terminator. You know, that was the whole point. And I think James Cameron captured that. Arnold Schwarzenegger captured that very well. He just went around. Uh, was it you that said he even runs over toys? I mean, he's just not good no matter what he does. On accident, he's bad. He runs over kids' toys, and he kills people. That's his whole thing. And I thought he did an excellent job as, as the Terminator in, in in the first one. So he's my number eight. What, what did you think about him in there? Yeah, the Terminator, he's, he's on my list too, actually. He's a little bit higher on my list, and he's – I'm, I'm glad you have him on your list because you you had uh, the T-1000 on your list, and I was uh, I'm glad that you have the original Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger on there, and you have him up there higher because I think that's a perfect spot for him because I think he yeah he was he was definitely the better villain out of those two. You're right, James Cameron does a great job. The story is just fantastic because you know he's he's just a scary dude, but he's not a dude. He's he's a machine. You still don't get it, do you? He'll find her. That's what he does. But yeah, he, he's great. He doesn't have to say anything. <laughs> he doesn't have to say anything in the movie. Uh, he's 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 a machine, and that's a. It's just an awesome story. He's a killing machine, and uh, yeah, I'll, I don't have much more to say about him. I'll probably say another thing or two about him later because he is on my list too. But yeah, I'm glad he's on yours above the T1000 because that's where he is on my list too. Yeah, he's definitely scarier than the T-1000, although the T-1000 is scary enough. But, uh, you know, uh, I will say you said something there, and this is why I think the Terminator, the original, was better than the second one, because it started everything off. It was the original story, and if you go by original stories, yeah, this is the best one, absolutely, because it sets everything up. And think about how it doesn't have to be flawless because they can go back in time and you know, travel around time and they can change things. That's why this can, I, you, you can never, you said it, Genesis wraps it up, but I don't think you can ever wrap it up because you can always go back farther in time. You, you know, you can, you can go and change different things anytime you want to. That's the beauty of time travel. Uh, I would say for original story, it absolutely, I think it's the best one. It set everything up. It was a fantastic story. Think about it. And at the time, I mean, even now, if it came out now, it would be something different. I know time travel has been beat, you know, to death, but this was a, the best time travel franchise ever, if not, you know, the best movie ever for sure. So in that respect, I will say Terminator was a better film. I just, for everything that was involved in the Terminator 2, I, I thought it was, it was better. And the one thing that, and I think I've mentioned this before with, with Terminator 2 Judgment Day, uh, they kind of ruined it. Like I said, I was there for all the hype leading up to it. It was so anticipated, and it lived up to all that hype and more, if you ask me. The only problem I had with it was probably um, the casting of uh, – of, um, uh, John Connor, you know, Edward Furlong. I don't know if Cameron has any regrets with that. Obviously, he didn't 
you know, he did Pet Cemetery too, right? So, but, uh, he, you know, he got into drug problems and all that. But anyway, I just think that uh, what, what the way they did it, in Terminator 2, if you don't, if you watch Terminator and then you watch Terminator 2 Judgment Day and you don't know anything about it, um, you, you think, you don't know who's the bad guy. You, you might think Robert Patrick, is, and that's the way James Cameron, I think, wanted it. He didn't want you to know who the, the he didn't want you to know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was, was a good Terminator. You know, and if you watch it all the way up until the point in the back of the mall where he he has the roses and he pulls out the shotgun and he says "get down" and he saves Edward Furlong, that's the first time you realize that he's a he's a good Terminator and Robert Robert Patrick is the T one thousand, the bad one, because that's when he he shoots him and you can see the liquid metal and everything. Uh, but I knew that going into the movie because he's watched the previews and you hear about it, you see interviews, and it it got leaked out. It was a bad kept secret. But it would be awesome to go. I wish I could have seen it, not knowing that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good guy. But uh, yeah, but in the first one, absolutely, he was a bad guy, and that's 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 my number eight. How about how about your number eight? Okay, my number eight is Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old Men. Now, I, <laughs> he he was a great bad guy, great villain in this movie. The dude was absolutely terrifying he was absolutely terrifying i mean in the that 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 uh coin toss scene it's that that coin toss scene is like almost unnecessary for the entire film it doesn't really set anything up it just shows you that this guy is an intimidating psychopath and he is an absolute badass he kills so many people and he has he's almost like a human version of the terminator for real and whenever like like the scene whenever he cleans his own uh shotgun wound in that hotel room that's pretty crazy um and i just think that uh javier bardem he was cast perfectly for this he just he just really played this this creepy guy i mean this movie this movie is actually based off of a book by cormac mccarthy and uh, i read i read the book after i saw the movie and it's actually almost this movie is like almost exactly the same as the book which is really cool because that doesn't happen often enough i don't think i think that movies change what happens in books way too often they take they they just take things and go completely different directions with them. But as far as uh, this one, it's, it's exactly the same. So that's pretty cool. So they really, uh, they really brought uh, this character to life in this movie, Javier Bardem. And of course the, the Coen brothers, they wrote and directed this movie. One of my, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite movies, maybe not top 10, but it's, it's up there and it's because of, it's because of this guy and how terrifying he is in this movie. He's just a, he's a killing machine. Yeah, he's, he is like the Terminator. He doesn't have any remorse. He doesn't care. All he cares about is killing the people and taking care of the job that he needs to take care of. That's all he cares about. No remorse. I mean, he just, yeah, I, the haircut too. I mean, that was unnecessary, but it added to his character, right? I mean, like this guy didn't care about his haircut, obviously. I mean, look at it. Uh, yeah, the coin scene, that was, what the hell was that all about? You know, uh, I mean, that was a, just showed how weird the guy was. Uh, I thought this was, this is on my list. I'll go ahead and tell you. It's actually number five on my list. Um, and I said this to set this up, this episode up that, you know, uh, I got to be afraid of the character. And I certainly was afraid of this guy watching it, you know, as a viewer. And you think about it, like, I remember when this movie came out, uh, when it, 2007, wow, it's 11 years old. Um, I thought 
at that time, I'm like, they can't come up with scary characters anymore. You know, I thought maybe I'm too old, you know, at the time I was what, 37. I'm like, maybe I'm too old to, 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 to think any movie character is scary. But then this came out and I'm like, wow, they've done an excellent job. The Coen brothers of once again, putting the fear into me just as a viewer, you know, this guy was every time they showed him, you know, you, you, they didn't show him a whole lot, but they showed him enough like when he jumps out of the hotel, uh, Josh Brolin, he jumps out of the hotel you know, window, and then he, uh, he gets into the truck with that guy, and all of a sudden the guy's head get, blows up. I mean, and then they got the bullets to just keep going through the truck. You're like, how is he going to survive this? I mean, the guy was – he was relentless. It was like um, uh, Woody Harrelson said, you know, he'll, he'll kill you just for inconveniencing <laughs> him, you know? I mean, and Woody Harrelson was pretty good in it too, but, you know, I, I thought – yeah, I thought he was a scary character, and for me on this list, they got to be scary or be a huge asshole. You got to hate them, <laughs> that's for sure. You got to hate them. They got to be a big jerk in life, and they got to be scary. All that stuff, uh, you know, I, I use to combine to to come up with this list, and, and that's why I put him at number five, just because he's 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 one of the most scary. Um, characters that I have on my list, that's for sure. And that's why I put him so high at number five. Um, there's obviously four other bad guys uh, that are better, I think, than he was. Uh, probably because they showed him more. You could really, you know, depth of their character more, whatever. But, yeah, I agree with you, man. This guy was a scary dude. And if you haven't seen this one, you got to check it out. It is, a, it is a fantastic movie. 8.1 out of, you know, three-quarters of a million uh, uh user ratings on imdb a 91 meta score so even the critics thought it was excellent tommy lee jones is great in it of course javier uh Byron, we mentioned josh brolin is even good and i'm not a big josh brolin fan he's good in most of the stuff he plays in i'm just i don't know what it is maybe it was the goonies i don't know but i'm not a big josh brolin fan i forgot he was no, i forgot dead. he was in the goonies i like josh brolin and i think it's because of this movie though <laughs> i think it's because of uh no country for old men yeah. Oh, yeah. Woody Harrelson is, is great in it too for for the little role that he has. Uh, even Stephen Root shows up in there. That's the stapler guy from Office Space. Uh, definitely a different character for him in here. The short times in it. No Country for Old Men. Please check that out if you haven't. And I'm with you on that one. I even rated him a little bit higher. So great choice, man. Um, let's see. So my number seven. I think we're my number seven. Um, this, I thought, I think I had this rated higher, but then as I kept looking at the others, I'm like, yeah, not as scary as this guy, but he's, he's a big, a huge asshole in this. He's a jerk. Um, he's, he's a bad guy. Uh, he kills people. He doesn't care. That's Joaquin Phoenix in gladiator. Uh, as far as the bad guy goes in it, I think it was a, a perfect bad guy for, um, Russell Crowe's, you know, gladiator, uh, uh, character in this and Joaquin Phoenix. I, I guess you'd have to see. I don't know how to explain him. He was just he, he really had no feelings. He didn't care. He just cared about himself. And the way he gives him a cheap shot toward the end. I mean, wow, this guy. He's just a creep, man. He's just a he's just a bad guy. And I thought I like Joaquin Phoenix. I like just about everything he does. It's the only reason I'm looking forward to this Joker movie coming out in 2019 this year. I as Joaquin Phoenix because he's done. I don't know what my favorite Joaquin Phoenix performance is, but Gladiator's right up there. You know, he's done a lot of good stuff, but a uh, great actor. It, it's a shame we didn't get to see how River Phoenix, you know, uh, how his acting career would have, you know, panned out. But, you know, he was before Joaquin Phoenix. I, I don't know what age they are, older or, or younger, but 
Uh, it was Reverend Phoenix first, and then Joaquin Phoenix came came along, and he's a fantastic actor. Uh, if Reverend Phoenix would have been, you know, uh, three quarters of the actor Joaquin Phoenix is, he would have been a terrific actor. So uh, that's my number seven. What do you think? Yeah, uh, and you know, Joaquin Phoenix is is Commodus in in this movie Gladiator. This is this is the first movie. It, is it the first movie Joaquin Phoenix ever did? Because it's the first one I ever saw him in. Anyway, he, he, no, he was in uh, he was in Eight Millimeter, right, with uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh-oh. He worked at the porn Back store or whatever. Cage. Yeah, but uh, walk Back when he was an actor. Yeah, but Joaquin Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, I actually I thought about putting him on this list, and uh, I'm actually now that I'm thinking about it, I'm surprised that I left him off. He's not on my list, but definitely definitely an honorable mention. Um, First movie I ever saw him in, and yeah, he was just, he was ruthless. He was ruthless. He didn't care about anybody but himself all the way until the end. He was trying to take cheap shots. Um, yeah, perfect, perfect bad guy, perfect villain. So to answer the question, River Phoenix was born in 1970, so he's my age, or would have been. And um, Joaquin's younger, so he's four years younger, born in 74. Um I I mean Joaquin Phoenix did things before that. I don't he was definitely wasn't uh before Gladiator. I don't know if that's the one that put him on the map, but it certainly yeah, I it, it probably did. I don't I'm he had to be in something before that, but I don't remember what it was. He wasn't as renowned as he was and so but he did um he did walk the line which was um uh, the movie about uh, what's his name? Is it Johnny Cash? Yeah. And I guess he actually sang the songs in it, unless I'm wrong about that. I think he actually, you know, some of these actors and actresses will, you know, actually do the singing. And, and I guess he did that. I'm, I'm pretty sure I heard that. Uh, he did um, Her, which I didn't really get into at all. I don't, I don't know what the big deal was about that movie you know what i'm talking about where he's, you know, he falls in love with gonna, computer i was gonna bring it up if you weren't going to because i haven't seen it but uh it was somebody mentioned it to me recently and i just happened to notice that it's directed by spike jones and uh that's that's kind of what makes me want to watch it because spike jones he used to be uh he was like one of the directors and creators of the show jackass and he directed something else too. I forget what it was, but uh, I, that that was the only reason why I kind of wanted to check it out. And because I like Joaquin Phoenix, you're right. I am psyched about. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I would say, yeah, I'm psyched about him giving a shot uh, at playing the Joker. That'll be cool. I think he could do it. And it's probably because of, you know, this movie, Gladiator. That's one reason. Like, I mean, it's, you know, if he can act like that in that role, and then I think he, I think he can pull off the Joker. He's going to do better than uh, Jared, Jared Leto or Jared Leto or whatever. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even recognize as a Joker performance. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, it looks like he's been around since at least the earlier mid '80s, but doing like after-school specials and and like starring on you know a little character on Hill Street Blues or something. But uh, but it looks like they both came out around the same time, I guess, early to mid '80s. Him and his brother uh, River Phoenix um, doing doing movies. But as far as like. Um, Big movies, you're probably right with, uh, what did you say? Um, 
uh, what was the movie? Eight Millimeter. He did Clay Pigeons, which was different. It was, um, I think it had Vince Vaughn in it. Uh, yeah, it, it's a serious movie, too. You don't see Vince Vaughn in too many serious movies. He did one called uh, Return to Paradise. I wonder, I don't even know what that was about. Uh, but he did some stuff before 8mm, but not much. I mean, mid to late 90s. And Gladiator, as I'm looking at his list of movies, probably is the one that put him on the map. That was a... That was a pretty big, uh, pretty big role for him. The size of the role, um, the exposure he got for it, and then he done some weird. He's done some weird things. I mean, didn't he say he quit or something and did some weird acting thing he did on uh, the Letterman show that weirded out? I think it even weirded out um, David Letterman. I, he was acting all good. I don't know. He's an odd guy to say the least, but he's a terrific actor. So. Um, I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix fan. I look forward to anything uh, that he does. So, um, yeah, I thought he was great in Gladiator, and that's 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 my number seven. I have a feeling we're gonna we maybe we've already repeated one or two of these. We might get some repeats here. So let's see. What do you got for number seven? Okay, my number seven. I uh, was actually uh, he he climbed the list because I wasn't even sure if I was gonna put him on. But then uh, once I started looking at it, I feel like it's definitely a perfect addition to this list, and that is Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tannen in Back to the Future. Uh, yeah, and you know, he was actually, my, my, my dad actually brought him up to me whenever I mentioned that we were going to be doing villains, and uh, once he brought it up, I couldn't get it out of my head that, yeah, Biff Tannen is a great villain, and uh, not just because he's, first of all, he's, I, I said earlier, I like my villain to be like smart or crafty or whatever but he he's actually not all that smart or at least he plays kind of like a like a big like dumb bully type and yeah, he's he, dumb, yeah. oh yeah yeah but he also plays multiple biffs throughout that entire trilogy he plays young biff he plays old biff he plays middle-aged biff where he's uh where he rules the place middle-aged biff where he waxes the truck um, he plays uh, Mad Dog Tannen. I mean, Thomas yep. F. Wilson. I mean, he's the most versatile actor in this entire this entire series. Everybody else just plays themselves the whole time. Yeah, I, I, uh, I he's not on my list. Uh, he's too. It's it's a comedy. I can't get afraid of him, but I understand totally why you put it on here. Uh, he is a guy you just really love to hate. Uh, I guess you could say, and he does play for as young as he was. I mean, look how young he was when he did that. That's uh, back to the futures young guy. And like you said, he plays a middle-aged guy. They just did the makeup thing uh, to him. Uh, he played, yeah, mad dog B for 10. And I hate that name. Uh, he was, I know one of the funniest lines in, in all the back to the futures. I don't know why it's so funny. I don't think a lot of people think it's funny, but it was actually Michael Fox. Whenever, um, uh, Buford, Buford was counting down. Remember they were counting and then he, he was outside counting. He's giving him the count of 10 or something to get to come out of the bar, the saloon. Remember that mm-hmm. part? Yeah. And, uh, and he forgets like number seven or something. His buddy has to remind him seven because he's that <laughs> dumb, right? <laughs> and, uh, and then it gets quiet and Michael Fox goes, he's an asshole. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> he just is. That's what his character is in this and every one of them. And he plays the different ones. I mean, he's the same kind of goofy. He played the old man too. He played, uh, you know, a Biff Tan and an older Biff Tan too, Grandpa or whatever, in uh, Back to the Future too. So, yeah, I thought he was – I think he's a great uh, villain. Of course, he is a villain. I mean, yeah, I just 
it just didn't, he doesn't scare me. That's why I couldn't include him on my list. Uh, definitely an honorable mention, though. I had no problems with that at all. <laughs> but he didn't do a whole lot more. Every now and then you see him in a show or something, but as good as he was, I thought he would be in something, you know, something else. I just, I haven't really seen him in much. No, I can't think of anything I've seen him in, at least nothing. I mean, yeah, this is the biggest thing he did. And again, he, like I already said, he doesn't get enough, he doesn't get enough credit for playing all those multiple biffs and doing a good job at playing all of them. You hit, it, it was, it was a little bit more on the, on the comedic side, but this is still more of a, it's, it's, it's comedy, but it's more of a sci-fi movie. I would put it more in a sci-fi category if I was going to categorize it one way or the other. And so that's that was why if it was just a straight comedy movie like you like you said Shooter McGavin that's too much of that's that's in the comedy genre so I couldn't use him but I thought I thought yeah I thought Biff Tan and that was that was why I had to get him on my list because after I thought about it for a while I thought he was I thought he was good enough to make the cut and yeah he doesn't get enough credit for that character. Yeah, and maybe it's because he played it so well. You know, he plays he played all their different ages very well. And when sometimes when actors do that, you don't really they're they're playing the character so well, you don't really think of them as being this young, you know, this young guy playing these older people. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that makes sense, but you can play a role so well that you you don't really get recognized for it. I think in that way, you know. if he if he played the old man and he didn't act like an old man, he would stick out more, you know, or play yeah. the middle aged guy like that. But he was a young guy. I mean, he's born in fifty nine, so thirty minus uh, four. He's twenty six years old playing these characters, you know, twenty six. And then for the the two sequels, he was uh, what thirty years old, so fair, relatively young guy. And yeah, I'm looking at his list here. He hasn't done much since <laughs> since Back <laughs> to the Future. But you know what? If if I had only that on my resume, that's all. That'd be good enough for me, man. You yeah, know, playing, he's probably, he's probably playing. hopefully still making money off of it. <laughs> yeah, oh, probably. I'm sure in some way. Yeah, yeah, that's a good choice, man. I like that. And uh, okay. Uh, what are we? That was your seven. Mm-hmm. So my six, and I, I'm sure you have this on your list, probably a lot higher than I do. Uh, but this guy was a scary guy, no doubt about it. And um, you know, I I put uh, ha- Javier Bardem, No Country for Old Men, ahead of this guy. You probably disagree with me. I'm pretty well. I, it looks like you do disagree with me. This guy was scary, no doubt about it. He maybe he should be higher. I, they're just. My top five are really bad guys, um, but this was Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. That's that's my number six. Oh yeah, he's he's trust me, he's on my list. So uh, I'll talk about him. I'll talk about him in a minute. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, he's not. He's in the movie, but he's he's another one of those that's not in it. I don't know what's he in it. Maybe thirty thirty five minutes of the whole movie, but. Uh, maybe more than that. There are some times when he's being interviewed by Clarice, uh, but just and the fact that the guy can be nice and intelligent, very highly intelligent, and do what he does, he eats people. I mean, for crying out loud! Um, in that whole scene where he dupes those cops into coming in there and he beats the hell out of them, I mean, that was wow. That was pretty intense stuff. His pulse never you got know? above eighty-five, even when he ate a ton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the way he tricked him and, uh, you know, put that guy's face on his to get out of the, to, to make his escape from there. I mean, just everything, you know, he's having a friend over for dinner. I mean, um, 
I liked him in the Science of the Lambs. I, you know, whatever in the in the sequels. I didn't really care for the sequels. Maybe the first one, which was was a Red Dragon, I think maybe. Um, Hannibal maybe was one. Hannibal was the one was the second the first sequel. Then they did Red Dragon as kind of like a prequel. And actually, you know, um, I might as well take this time to address something that we did in in our sequels episode, where I listed Red Dragon as one of the best sequels. And I do not know why. I always assumed that uh, maybe it was because. Silence of the Lambs was made and then Red Dragon was made. I, I think I assume that uh, Manhunter was made after Silence of the Lambs and it was made before Silence of the Lambs. I can't believe I didn't know this. Um, I think, like, like, I feel like I need to take this opportunity to apologize to anybody who's listening to this for me not doing my homework and knowing that because, I mean, I mean now that I look at it, you know, like, it's, there's, I knew there was a Silence of the Lambs book but I didn't know that all, the other two books also exist. Red Dragon and Hannibal are also books. Uh, is, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know all this. Now I do know all this. That was why I watched Manhunter recently, so I could finally watch it and see what, see what it was like. And it was pretty much exactly like Red Dragon, just an old version of it. But yeah, Anthony Hopkins. So, so actually what I'm saying is on my sequels list, Silence of the Lambs needs to be the true sequel that is on that Red Dragon spot. So if we ever redo our sequels, ep- sequels episode, I will fix it to be that way. But uh, Anthony Hopkins, yeah, he's on my list. He's a little bit higher, but yeah, he's he's incredibly intelligent. I mean, he's a psychiatrist or whatever, but he also he also eats people. He's he's very sophisticated. Uh, he's just very polite whenever he talks, but he also he also eats people and that's why he's yeah he's crazy i like i like a nice crazy villain and he just you know he doesn't even you know yeah he kills those two guys and he cuts one's face off but other than that he doesn't do a whole lot of violence in the movie it's almost like the setting that he's in like that dungeon they keep him in and of course there's uh migs multiple migs in the next cell oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh you know i don't think it that's your mistake with Manhunter is a big deal at all. I, I bet we enlighten half of our listeners to the fact that there is even a movie called Manhunter. A lot of people don't know it exists. They think Silence of the Lambs was the first movie out of all of this. And, you know, technically, it, I don't know, technically it isn't, but uh, to a lot of people it is because it's Anthony Hopkins playing it. Uh, he didn't play it in Manhunter. That was someone else who was not Brian, nearly Brian as Cox. bad. Brian yeah. is who played it. Yeah, and he wasn't nearly as menacing as No, and he's Hopkins. not even he's in like in Manhunter, he he's as Hannibal Lecter, he's in there for like I swear it can't be more than fifteen minutes. He's not in it as much. The guy actually the bad guy in Manhunter, um oh, what's his name? I should know this off the top of my head, but he the actual bad guy, they they call him the Tooth Fairy or whatever, but uh he was in his name's Tom Noonan, and he was in uh, the last action hero, that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he played uh, the Ripper or whatever. The, oh, in the very first yeah. scene where he whips that axe at Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's the yeah. bad guy in Manhunter. He plays the Tooth Fairy. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I I would say that um, I didn't know. I didn't even know Manhunter existed until after I saw Silence of the Lambs. I, I maybe a few to several years later when somebody told me that I'm like, really, there's another one. Uh, but it had William Pearson, the guy that was his biggest thing was CSI. He was, um, uh, he was the main guy on CSI. He quit like, uh, maybe 10 seasons into it. 
I mean, it was 15 years that that show was on. Um, he plays uh, the dad. So- he plays the dad. Anybody who uh, anybody who grew up watching Mark Wahlberg like I did, he plays the dad in that movie Fear, one of Mark Wahlberg's oh. first movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's, uh, that's, um, yeah, William Peterson. So, uh, he played, um, he was in it. He was the, the main guy, I guess. Well, Grant, well, Grant well, would be, yeah, would be Grant. Edward Norton's character in Red Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're right. See, and I think that so many people didn't know Manhunter existed that they had to make Red Dragon to, to show that story, you know, because Manhunter sucked. Well, it didn't suck. It wasn't nearly as good. And a lot of people didn't know about it. I mean, it was 1986. That was was very eighties, five years before the, the, the science of the lambs. So yeah. So no big deal there. Uh, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, that's uh, Anthony Hopkins. That's that's that was my number six. You got a little bit higher, but uh, how about your number six? Okay, my number six. That's going to be uh, your your definite favorite actor, Daniel Day Lewis, as Bill the Butcher Cutting in Gangs of New York. <laughs> um, this yeah. is this is Daniel Day Lewis's best performance. After There Will Be Blood, of course, that's his best performance. I actually, I don't know, you know, you haven't finished your list yet. I considered using Daniel Plainview for this list today because he's really not necessarily the good guy in the movie there will be blood. So there really almost isn't a good guy in the movie. There will be blood. Maybe, maybe, uh, HW, his son, he seems to be kind of good at heart, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, uh, gangs in New York. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis does a great job in this. He does, he does great. I act, I usually don't like people that do, um, fake accents or accents that aren't theirs, but he does a, I mean, at least as far, what do I know about accents, but he does the, the New York accent and it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. He does a really good job with it. He's got the glass eye that, uh, he taps with the knife, which I'm pretty sure he's actually doing that, at least according to the, the IMDb trivia. They say that he got, like he, he, he could do that. He wore that glass eye all the time and he would like tap it with a knife that he carried around because he's a psychopath. But, um, not, no, knowing him, yeah, I can see him doing that. Yeah. And that's, and that's why he's such a good, such a good villain in Gangs of New York as Bill the Butcher. He's, he's, he's exactly that. He butchers pigs and he butchers people almost as if they are the same thing. And, uh, Daniel, yeah. Daniel Day Lewis's best performance by far after, of course, there will be blood. Uh, I really liked him in this and he's, he's not on my list. Um, this is, this character is not, I would say I'll get to that later, but, um, I thought he was a great villain. I, I really don't have a great reason for not having on this list. I mean, he, he was scary. He was an a-hole. He was a, a fantastic villain. It's Daniel Day Lewis. I mean, what does he play where he's not a good, he's not good, you know, I, honorable mention. I mean, I got a lot of honorable mentions, maybe 10. Now that you reminded me of a few, uh, he was a really good bad guy. I mean, now that you're, you're after listening to what you had to say and thinking about it, I probably should have, I didn't watch this one in prep. It was nearly three hours long. And I just, for time purposes, I thought I knew the character, but now that I think about it and you're, you're mentioning some things, he was a really good bad guy in that. So yeah, I, I still think he's honorable mention. I, I look at my list, maybe ahead of, maybe ahead of, um, let's see. 
I don't know. Robert Patrick and Terminator is probably a better villain than that. Maybe. Uh, but I, I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with not having that on the list. Um, even though he's my favorite actor, Daniel Day-Lewis, by far, I just uh, I didn't have him. I didn't have, that was an honorable mention, but I totally see what, what you're thinking with that. So maybe, maybe our lists are more different than we did. We had some repeats. I thought we'd have more repeats than we, um, that we do, but not, not yet. And well, and yeah, I mean, like my honorable mentions or any ones that didn't make my list. It's like you just said, I, if they didn't make my list, I don't really have a great reason for why they don't make a list. I just seem to, I seem to watch these movies. I did watch Gangs of New York and prep for this. I can't believe I did. It took me like two days to watch it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, these, um, there's just some, some guys, some bad guys in movies that I don't get tired of. I don't get tired of watching them uh, anymore. It, I mean, it's a lot of movies that I rewatch. It's probably because the bad guys are so good most of the time. You know, it happens a lot. Um, we had Bill the Butcher, Daniel Day Lewis. I, whenever we mentioned this list, he was, he was one of the ones that came, came to my mind first. I would say that, um, uh, well, this might be, this is Martin Scorsese, of course. Um, this might be the first Leonardo DiCaprio, Martin Scorsese team up. I know they did Gangs of New York. They did one of my favorites, um, the, the Aviator. Uh, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the others. I think they've done four or five, and I think they're going to do another one soon. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street's another one, a totally different one for Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, what was the other one I'm trying to think of? Was, was it Martin? Sc- oh, the, the, the one where he's a crazy guy. Um, Leonardo is, uh, Shutter Island, which was pretty good. You got to see that one. That was a good one. Uh, so I, think, oh, I didn't know Martin, I didn't know Martin Scorsese did Shutter Island. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So I think they've teamed up like, I want to say four or five times. And I think they're going to make another one. I have no idea when, or I think I read about it or something, but, yeah, uh, we're obviously, you know, we're doing best directors next week. So, uh, Martin Scorsese is obviously going to be on the list there. So he knows how to bring the best out of actors. I don't know how much you got to do that with Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Martin Scorsese, you can't go wrong with that. If you, if there's somebody out there that hadn't seen that, it's absolutely rated R. Just give you that little warning, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a great movie. I'm not, it wasn't Daniel Day Lewis's best. Uh, there will be blood. I, I think that's his best, but it's definitely, you know, one of his better movies. I, I don't know if we had a best Daniel Day Lewis show. There's someone there that I just don't like. I'm not a big Last of the Mohicans fan. I'm not a, the one where he played a quadriplegic or whatever. I don't, he won an Oscar for that. My left foot or so. I don't know what it is, but, um, I wasn't a big fan of that one, but there will be blood. Obviously my favorite. Uh, in this one, so is a good one too. So yeah, I'm with you there. I I'd probably put it at 11. You know, if I had to put it on a list, I'd probably put even at a number 11. It was a good good villain there. All right, uh, uh, five was for me was uh, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. So it's your turn for five or five. Okay, my number five. Ooh, I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Uh, it would be Christopher Waltz as Hans Landon <laughs> in Inglorious Bastards. Man, he is. Uh, he's again. He's he's terrifying in this movie, but he's also he's also like he's lighthearted. He's silly. Even in that in that first 
that first scene uh, where he pulls out that giant pipe and smokes his pipe and he's just so serious or I mean I'm sorry he's so like he's so lighthearted throughout that whole scene but he's terrifying the entire time it's like he knows what's going on at least Christopher Waltz plays that role really well um he's 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 very smart he speaks all those languages i mean that's i that's one thing i love so much about inglorious bastards because you know we talked about subtitles a minute ago like i don't i don't really mind the subtitles so much in that movie but like the there has to be um actual german actors in that movie because like there's some people just speak german so well but christopher waltz i mean he speaks so many languages this movie like French he's he whips out some Italian there whenever they think they're gonna fool him at the mm-hmm. end there and let's not forget he is a Nazi so uh, I think mm-hmm. if if you're a Nazi you have to make it on the villain list um and yeah Christopher Waltz one of my one of my favorite one of my favorite characters really so definitely since he's a bad guy he had to make my list I love rumors <laughs> he's, yeah, he's silly in there but he's scary I mean especially toward the end of that first scene that was one of the most intense scenes I've ever seen in a movie and there's a lot more intense scenes in that whole movie and uh, that was that was a good one man. He, he just hits you right at the beginning of that movie he's, he's on my list I'm not going to tell you where but he's definitely on my list um, I mean this is I think Christoph Waltz is where he really he, he, that's where I became you know uh, I first really saw him i don't know what else he did before this i think he's uh i don't know what other foreign films he's done or whatever but he was actually a bad guy in that green hornet i don't think you're a big green hornet fan but he was a pretty funny bad guy in that too i enjoyed him in that um yeah he's uh he's definitely uh one of um quentin tarantino's favorites because he was in uh, that one, it was, uh, the, the Django Django. Yeah. So, uh, unchained. Uh, so yeah, he's, uh, absolutely scary guy in this. And he has that sense of humor, which almost makes some of these guys even more scary, you know, that they can be funny and make you laugh, but then, you know, they're sinister inside completely, you know, I mean, this is a bad <laughs> guy, man. That's all he does is kill people. And you don't know what his motives are sometimes in the movie, you know, when he comes to lunch with them, you know, what's going on here? You know, how much does this guy know? And he usually knows a lot more than, than the viewer, you know, than they let on, you know, he, uh, he, he knows what's going on a lot of times, but he does get duped in the end, you know, and then, uh, yeah, he's got those funny lines and that, that just to me makes him more, you know, what, what that's a bingo. No, just, just bing, just bingo. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Totally with you on that one. So that's your number five. Wow. Can't, that's right. Can't wait to see what your top four is. So, okay. So now we're down to my number four and this was probably the number one guy. You don't even love to hate this guy. You just hate this character and he won an Oscar for it. And that's Denzel Washington and training day. Bad guy. He's a cop too which almost makes him a worse bad guy, right, too? Because he's supposed to be on the right side of the law, and he totally isn't. And he's just, he's a killer, too, you know? He just doesn't care about anything but himself. It's all he cares about. And if you haven't seen Training Day, you got to check that out. It's a fantastic film. Uh, What's-his-name, Ethan Hawke, does a great job in it, too. Uh, but this Denzel in there, man, I mean, uh, if you want to see the breadth of this guy's acting skills, you know, watch this and then watch, I, I don't know, something where he's a good guy, which is probably 90% of his other films. I mean, he's just, 
fantastic in this. And he probably sh- he got an Oscar actually before this for supporting role in uh, Glory, which was in like 1986. And then in, I think this was, I want to say uh, 2001, maybe the training day was. 2001, yeah. So he does that. Um, but when he plays a good guy, I'm trying to think of him. He's a good guy in just about everything else. Uh, there's also a movie that you may not have heard about. Uh, just reminds me because I see it on IMDb here. Uh, Book of I- Eli. Have you ever seen that? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie, too. Uh, it's kind of flew under the radar <laughs> a lot. He just did uh, Equalizer 2, which I don't remember being in the theaters. It, it went fast. <laughs> it went fast to streaming. And it's not bad. I mean, it's exactly what you expect it is. I'm surprised he did it, another one. I don't know why he did another one. The, fun, the first one was fine. Leave it alone. But I don't know. He's He did Flight where he was kind of a bad guy, but not really a bad guy. He's done some – I guess he's done some bad movies or movies that weren't that great. Uh, but Training Day, definitely my favorite performance from him. And uh, he's done – he likes to get a little sci-fi there too with movies like Deja Vu and – uh, out of time and you know some other things he's done earlier in his career uh, of course he did remember the titans he's a good guy there i guess most of the time there uh even in even in these equalizer movies he's a good guy but he's a bad guy you know like a he's a tough guy you know he can he's you know one of those like um secret agent you know he's got all these skills kind of guy but uh yeah that's my uh that's my number four denzel in training day I actually can't believe that I don't have him on this list if I would have, if I would have remembered him. This is just one of those times where, you know, this is one of those ones that just slipped by me. I just didn't, I just, I didn't think of it. He would, he would totally make my list. I don't know where, but, uh, I just totally forgot about him. And yeah, my best, my, my favorite performance by Denzel's also. I got two or three here that you mentioned that they probably wouldn't have made my list, but I forgot about them. Um, which one? Probably uh, Thomas Wilson in Back to the Future. I he's a great villain. I just didn't think about him. Uh, there's another one there too that you mentioned that I didn't. I don't think I thought about. But they're definitely honorable mentions. Um, yeah, it's hard. I think this this might be the easiest one to forget about. You know, people on because there's so many bad guy performances out there, right? I know it's one thing we don't have any women on the list. I don't know if there's. There was I one. Tried to, I I honestly tried to think of one, and I I don't know if. I, I say, and I want to see this one again, but it, it's uh, Charlize Theron where she plays that serial killer. She was pretty, she was pretty bad in that. Yeah, I never saw that one. I never saw that one. You should check it out. It was pretty good. I think I saw it once, maybe twice, a long time ago. But I've been wanting to check it out lately. Every time I see her in another role, I'd see how pretty she is, and then see how. Yeah, that, that woman was not an attractive woman. The the real life woman that was serial killer. But I think she was the worst female serial killer not too many of them but the worst one in history she was bad person yeah terminator 3 there was a bad uh, a girl villain. she was good she was actually good in it she was probably yeah she was good in it uh, that's a good villain i mean i was i was afraid of her for being you know it's it's, it's yeah. more, maybe a little more so than some other bad people because it's a woman you don't think bad right away of women a lot of times uh if that makes any sense and uh she's a little more undercover i guess especially being a good looking woman you know you don't think about it a whole lot but uh yep that's my number four how about uh your number four my number four. Ooh, okay. Uh, I think you said. I think you said uh, a minute ago how you didn't. You didn't have this person on your list, 
and uh, that is Sam Rockwell as Wild Bill Wharton <laughs> in The Green Mile. Uh, and actually, I, I had a hard time. I was going back and forth with uh, Wild Bill and Percy Whitmore in this movie because they're both pretty much, I mean, they're both, I would consider villains in this movie. Wild Bill definitely is one of the villains. Percy Moore is just kind of like a, uh, an, an, an annoyance. Yeah, he's, he's almost like an annoyance. Uh, yeah. but he, uh, but so what I, what I did was I just chose, I just chose Wild Bill and then just figured I would mention Percy, uh, per- cause Percy's fantastic. But Sam Rockwell is Wild Bill. This is the best thing that Sam Rockwell has ever done for sure. Oh. Um, he's, he's the best part of the whole movie, really. I mean, this is, it's a Stephen King story. So it's a, it's a really cool story. Of course, it's the one that came out in all kind of, uh, like a micro series or a little mini books at a time. And, uh, I, I, uh, I read those after, after I saw the movie and, uh, I think that from what I read after the movie, Sam Rockwell does a great job at bringing this Wild Bill character to life. He seems to be just like he was in the yeah. book. And again, he's, he's the best. He, I think he's the best part in this movie, or at least he really jazzes it up as the comic relief or whatever. So yeah, Sam Rockwell, Wild Bill. Yeah, he's a bad guy, a very bad guy. I mean, he kills little girls, right? Or so he's uh, he's a very bad guy, and but he's funny. Well, with our sick sense of humor, it makes us laugh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's written that way, but he is. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I read those serial books. There were like six of them from Stephen King. It's been years, probably before the movie. I'm sure it was before the movie or when it was coming out. Uh, so. Um, I don't know, really remember how, but it, it came out really well through Sam Rockwell. I mean, yeah, you hated that guy. Uh, if anybody deserved to be executed, it was him, number one, right, out of everybody on that row. Um, he, was, <laughs> he was just a jerk, man. I mean, look, he, yeah. I, I would say Percy was, um, Percy was different because he wasn't real sinister. He was just a jerk, a class A jerk, right? I mean, that's mostly that. He was a villain for I sure. Didn't... I didn't know the sponge was supposed to be wet. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just a little, little, uh, and he's a little guy too. So he's like the, just a little mouse, you know, that just, uh, no pun intended, but just a little, um, I don't know. He's just a big jerk in it. And, and he's it's a, a classic, shame. he's a classic bully. He's a classic bully in the movie. He's, he's, he's real Mr. Tough guy, but whenever, you know, whenever it's, it's for real, he, he can't, he can't handle it. He pisses himself. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I thought, and 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 the thing is, um, Doug Hutchison is the guy that plays him, and you don't know his name because he did he hasn't done anything else. I think he was in that show <laughs> Lost on ABC, um, but I would say the reason that he hasn't done a whole lot, and is because he like married this like sixteen year old girl when he was like fifty two or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, he he was born in nineteen sixty. So what's He's 58. I think he was like 52 and he married like a 16 year old girl. How do you do that? You get the parents permission, which is a whole nother story, but, uh, it obviously didn't work out. Uh, uh, I don't think they're together anymore, but I think that would turn off people from casting him and stuff. I don't know if he's done anything else recently, but yeah, if, if that's all I had on my, um, on my resume was <laughs> that, that, uh, um, that role as as Percy uh, Whitmore on the, in the Green Mile that would be good enough for me. He was in um, he was a if I remember right, and I didn't see like the last season or two I lost, but he was like a significant character on there too. He's in a lot of the episodes, but 
Uh, I don't think he's done anything recently or since, you know, 2009. Uh, and that, and that, that thing with the girl came out like after that. So I don't think he's done anything since then, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm with you on, uh, <laughs> wild bill he was funny and he was a jerk so uh, okay that that's your number four uh my number three now so this one well i know it's on your list i'm just wondering where it is and that's probably the with the top few anyway and mine's heath ledger from the dark knight great villain uh, i wouldn't be surprised if it's number one on your list um i'm thinking that's where you would have it. i have no idea might be number two or three but heath ledger is the dark from the dark knight was just um what's the word he was ruthless obviously he put that character in a whole new you know at a whole new level after jack nicholson uh absolutely better performance i think than jack nicholson i I don't know why people some people still continue to disagree with that his best performance ever heath ledger um he was devious he didn't he didn't care about killing people he only cared about his own agenda he was smart i mean look what he did to that whole city man i mean just with his wits and the way he you know he wasn't just fooling batman in the whole city, the mayor, the police commissioner, the he was fooling the, the the mob guys. I mean, he was he was he had everybody's number in that that movie. And I don't know if because he lives through the movie, right? I don't know if they would have brought him back for some reason. But you know, would they have brought him back if he didn't die? I don't I know. Like to, I would like to hope that they would have. We mentioned this because, yeah, the the Joker. He's 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 on my list. He's a little bit higher up, but yeah, uh, I I mentioned this to you because I watched this movie the other night. Like, I bet you, you know, is it is such a shame that uh, the Heath Ledger passed away for so many reasons. But um, I mean. I just always wonder what, uh, what direction it could have gone. Like, because in the third one, uh, I forget his name, whatever he plays the, he plays the scarecrow. He comes back, you know, he comes back. So why wouldn't he bring back the Joker too? Maybe at least for, for a second a, or whatever. Um, he was in all three of those. He was a Batman That's Begins. Right. That's right. Cillian, Cillian Murphy, I want to say is his name. Yeah. He, and he was in the second one. Uh, he just a little part where he was with those guys that were, wearing hockey masks and um <laughs> and then they came back he was like the judge at the you know judging people's fate there at the end of or toward the end i think of uh dark knight rises so he's in all three i yeah i wonder if christopher nolan had a i think christopher nolan had a plan for three before you know before they even wrote two i imagine he, this guy thinks out you know things well before we would ever think about stuff um i I don't know. Where would you put him? I, obviously, it was completely open at the end of uh, The Dark Knight. I mean, he didn't die. He got away. He was – he had bested uh, everybody in the movie, you know, except except for a little – you know, Batman did get – you know, kept the people from dying on the on the boat or whatever. But um, you would think he would come back in some, some way, right? They, Chris, that's not like Christopher Nolan. Well, maybe it is like Christopher Nolan just – Leave it at that, you know, if Heath Ledger wouldn't have, uh, if Heath Ledger would have lived. I have no idea. If he uh, wanted yeah, if he wanted to, he could have, because Christopher Nolan, Somehow. I don't know, Chris, Christopher Nolan makes, Christopher Nolan makes it all work all the time. Well, Probably, he yeah. makes, he's a very good director. I don't want to get a little crazy there, but uh, he, um, and yeah, Heath Ledger, uh, I mean, I might as well talk about him right now. Heath Ledger as the Joker, definitely better than Jack Nicholson. Um, I do think that, uh, 
I do think that a lot of people go crazy over how good he is. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I do. He, I think he's the best villain just because, you know, I think he's the best portrayal of the Joker who is probably my just favorite villain overall. I mean, it's like Batman, Batman's my favorite superhero. Uh, the Joker and the Batman, it's one of the, one of the oldest, one of the oldest superhero villain relationships. It's, it's right up there with uh, Superman, Lex Luthor, of course, who neither one of us have mentioned yet, but maybe, maybe one of us will. But, um, but yeah, I just think that that's why I like, Heath Ledger as the Joker so much is because he's, he's just pretty much my favorite villain no matter what. I love, I still love Jack Nicholson as the Joker, but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's really all I have to say about the Joker. I might mention something else a little bit later because he is on my list, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I, I knew, I knew he would be on your list. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, I'm just. I keep thinking about what, if he would have lived, what, what, what plan Nolan would have had for him. That's going to be. I never thought about it really that much at all. Um, I, I mean, I, I know how, obviously how the Dark Knight ends, and you know it's open for him to return for sure. But I just wonder what. I don't. I, don't 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 kill yourself wondering what goes on in Christopher Nolan's mind because you'll go crazy if you do because that guy's just weird. Uh, <laughs> the way he thinks, man. I think of Inception. I mean, the guy's got a twisted mind, and that's why his movies are so good. But um, yeah, I, I, Heath Ledger was definitely the best Joker, a lot better than Nicholson, even. Uh, and I, that's one reason I don't look forward to to Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal. I want to see what he does with it because he's a great actor, and it, it, the, the the actual story has me a little, you know, it has me a little curious. But I just don't ever go into it thinking that somebody's going to do better than Heath Ledger. I would say, I mean, go with an open mind, but I don't think you can ever do better than what Heath Ledger did. You know, no, it's topped out at the Joker spot. It'll have to, it'll have to be like a, they'll have to stop making superhero movies and then there'll have to be a new generation of people. It'll just, I mean, that's kind of what it was. That's kind of what Heath Ledger was. He was kind of like a new generation of Jokers since, Jack Nicholson, so it'll have to be probably like twenty years before somebody can do it again. Or, uh, but I am excited. I am excited about uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing. That's for sure. I'm looking forward to. It. I want to see it, obviously. But I, and Heath Ledger. I mean, if you would have told me, and I always thought Heath Ledger was a good actor. I always did. He, he's you know he's done some things that are that are very good. But this just is like ten times better than anything that he ever did. It was just so, that good. And I. And Heath Ledger, um, if, if you're going to go out in style, that's the role that, you know, he probably couldn't have done anything better than that ever again in his life. I, maybe he could. I mean, he's young. He was still young. But, yeah, I just don't I, – I, I think uh, – yeah, I don't know what else to say about Heath Ledger. It just shows you how good of an actor he was, he, it, it, even if you thought he was a good actor before The Dark Knight. What's The Dark Knight now? Um, what, 10 years old now? And – and I, yeah, I don't see anyone. You're right. Maybe another generation uh, from now, and and that look back at uh, Heath Ledger like we look back at Jack Nicholson. I don't know, but look at this. We think Jack Nicholson is one of the best actors out there, obviously. But but there's no doubt in my mind that Heath Ledger did a, a great, a much better job than than Jack Nicholson. And all this time, we thought no one could top Jack Nicholson, right? Uh, he was really good at it. Uh, but it was kind of campy a little bit. If you if you compare the two character, you know the two portrayals of him, you think 
and, and Jack Nicholson was definitely a bad guy, good villain in the first Batman. But yeah, I don't know if you if you compare the two roles, it's a little it's a little like Superman campy, you know, the original Superman campy. It's a little nineties, I guess. But you know, the 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 Joker, Heath Ledger is the Joker man. He is. He he he's fantastic in this role. He's scary. He he doesn't care. He doesn't really. He doesn't even care about the money. Of course, he shows that whenever he burns the money here and stuff. But, um, but he's not totally crazy. He has right. an agenda and a, and a good one. You know, right? He ha- yeah. He has a plan, and he's. And in fact, there's a, there's a great scene. Uh, the scene where. Harvey Dent is, uh, whenever he's laying in the hospital bed and his face is all burned up and the Joker puts the gun to his own head. If you pay attention, really, the Joker has his finger over the hammer on that. It's a revolver and a hammer's drawn back. He has his finger on the hammer, really, for the most part. So if, uh, if Two-Face pulls the trigger, He's probably still in control of the situation. I think that I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if Heath Ledger had anything to do with that, or Christopher Nolan had anything to do with that. The Joker is, or it was an accident. It's got to be planned. No yeah, one knows what he's the doing. Joker. The Joker. It's it's going to be like it's going to be like my uh, my pyramid. I'm going to study it. I'm going to study it for all time, but I'll never really know the answer of where it could have gone because you know, unfortunately, Heath Ledger passed away and everything, and that was, and we'll never know. You know, you almost need him to play it a second time to see if he could do just as good as he did the first time. But, but I also, you, you don't need that because he does do a fantastic job. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, and, and Heath Ledger, I know we're talking about a lot here, but it deserves it. He, he's crazy in it, or he makes everyone think he's crazy in it. You know, he probably does have a few screws loose, of course, but the, the character anyway, but, but he's really, like you said, he's in control of just about every situation. I mean, what what situation? He gets a little out of control when when you know the Batman kind of gets him toward the end, but not very much. You know, he's he's still very much in charge of that situation until 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 he's not. If that makes sense. So, yeah. I think he's in charge of every situation in that entire movie. Even in the end, it's because whenever Batman throws him over the side. He's cracking up the entire way down because he's crazy. It's probably what he wants. He probably wants yeah. Batman to kill him because nobody else can do it. That's why that's that that's the that's the Joker. That's the Batman Joker relationship. And even even if he's not in it again, that's how it always was in the past with the the old movies or the cartoons or whatever. The Joker always kind of gets away. Well, not the Michael Keaton one, but uh, in the cartoons and stuff, he does. He always gets away. So it's it's nice that it's open ended. Actually. I wonder if I wonder if um, a Christian Bale knew that he would be complete second fiddle in that movie. I mean, do you think? Do you think Christopher <laughs> Nolan, uh, Christian Bale, to me, probably has a huge ego. I think he's an ass in real life, and he probably has a huge ego. He probably never goes into a movie thinking that. But I don't know. Do you think Christopher Nolan tipped him off? Like, look, look, man, you, Christian, you're you're going to be you're going to be second to this to this Joker character in this movie. Or did they not really foresee how good Heath Ledger was going to be in it? And if it was any other actor as as the Joker, maybe Christian Bale would have been first fiddle. You know what I'm saying? I I wonder if anybody had any clue that Christian Bale was not going to be the lead in this movie, you know? I don't know. You ever hear Christopher Nolan talk? He sounds pretty slick. I'm sure he just he just knew how to talk to everybody the right yeah. way and get yeah. things done. He's good. We like his movies. Uh, he'll be on. He'll be on our list next 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 episode for sure. All yeah. right. Um, you're number three, I think. 
My number three. Okay, we already talked about we already talked about this guy. I don't have a whole lot more to say about him, and that's Anthony Hopkins as yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's smart. He's sophisticated. He's he eats he eats people. Uh, one thing one thing that we didn't mention, and I wanted to make sure I did mention, was that uh, uh, an honorable mention for me is also in this movie, and that's Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill. He's oh, a yeah. very good he's a very good villain in this movie. He's insane. You know, he makes dresses out of people and dances around, and he's very memorable. Yeah, I, I didn't even think of that. Man. He is a villain, totally. Oh, that whole scene where he's got the girl in the well the first time, and he's yeah. like, go, he's losing it and everything, and that's in, and in the end, whenever, uh, whenever the whenever he's trying to act normal and he like almost can't do it. Like he just can't even hold like a normal conversation cause he's insane. But, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. He's a weirdo. Yeah. But yeah see, so, that's all I think about when I see Ted Lemieux. I'm like, that's all I think about is that, that, that role. Yeah. He's always, that, that's what people say whenever they see him, whenever they see Ted Levine in another movie, they say, Hey, isn't that Buffalo Bill? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so uh, this these last few might go pretty fast because I think we're going to have some doubles here. I know we have one. So yeah. uh, number two here, and this is where uh, I've always said this guy was my absolute number one villain, um, and I, I think it's – I said at the beginning it is Ty. Uh, I, can, I can say both my number two and one because I already told you I have one on my list. Uh, the two are Christoph Waltz, um, Hans Lando, Landa from um, – um, um, the uh, glorious bastards, and 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 the other one is Alan Rickman from Die Hard. So Alan Rickman, a Hans Gruber. Uh, up until we did this list, I would say he's my. I've been saying it all along. He's my number one villain in any movie. Alan Rickman, the the role in Die Hard. Uh, I would say one reason is he's just a normal. He's not a normal guy. Uh, he's a villain for sure, bad guy. But he's like a. He's not a. He doesn't have any powers or anything he's just a guy and he's just a bad guy um and he does put the fear into you if you're not afraid of this guy i mean he but he's number two on my list i've made a change he's not number one anymore christoph waltz is my number one i've slid him up there number one but like i said i think these can go one and two two and one i they're about the same i give christoph waltz the edge here because he's he's more devious but is that because i've seen this is my only question. Is that because I've seen Die Hard a million times and I've only seen, you know, Inglorious Bastards 500,000 times? I don't know, but I just know mm-hmm. that they're about equally, you know, bad villains with just a slight edge to Christoph Waltz. Yeah, Hans Hans Gruber is a, he's an honorable mention. I did I watched Die Hard in prep for this one just because I wanted to watch Die Hard cuz it's never a bad time to watch Die Hard. But especially yeah, exactly. I decided to leave him off the list. Uh, not, not really sure why. Just because he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a real out of control bad guy or anything. He's not like some of these, uh, definitely Christopher Waltz. He seems, I like, I, all these guys on our list, they all seem to be a little bit unstable in one way or another. They're all very smart. They're all very, they all kind of got it together, but they're all, they're, they're bad guys, so they all lose in the end pretty much. Most of them, anyway. I mean, I guess Anthony Hopkins doesn't, uh, but some of them, some of them, most, 
bad guys are, they're designed to lose. But anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think Alan Rickman, he wasn't, he wasn't extreme enough for my list or something like that. But he is a very good bad guy. He's very, I love how casual and cool he is. But I, I, I just decided, I just decided to leave him off my list and use him as an honorable mention. I think that's one of the beauty, the, the, one of the beautiful parts about him being a bad guy is because he's, his composure, he's always mostly composed. There's a couple times when Bruce Willis, Drives him, John McClane drives him a little crazy and he gets a little excited. But do you ever see him getting out of control yelling, except when he's playing that? Remember when he acts like the snivelling little guest that got away and, and, and whenever he runs into John McClane <laughs> and he gives him a gun? I mean, that's about the only time you see him like lose his, lose his shit or lose his cool, right? I mean, whenever he does that, he doesn't really yell or get too excited. He's always composed mostly. And it, I don't know, just uh, to me, it puts it, you know, more devious makes him a little more devious when he's, when he's a nice guy, he had manners. He knew what a good suit was. Uh, you know, he, he gave the girl some, uh, some, some toiletries for the bathroom cause she was pregnant and had a sofa brought out to her. So he could be a nice guy too, but you know, he's just a big, you know, he's just a bad villain. He's just a bad guy. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my number one and two. That's we've talked about Christoph Waltz. So, uh, go ahead. What's your number two? Uh, my number my number two, well, my number one, my number one is, is the Joker. The number, the, the Joker is my favorite villain. I think he's the best villain. I think Heath Ledger's portrayal of the Joker is the, it's, it's the best villain, really, the most work that's ever been put into a villain, at least on screen, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying. I'm just babbling at this point because I already said everything I need to say about the Joker. But the, actually, the big thing I want to highlight is my number two, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator. Uh, that's actually, that's actually kind of a bigger deal to me that, cause, because uh, like, again, like I just oh, yeah, said, yeah. yeah, like I just said, the Joker is my favorite, my favorite bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. but Arnold Schwarzenegger at first, I almost didn't even know if I wanted to use him for this, for this list. And then I, I, I wrote him down and just kind of thought about it and I didn't have to watch the movie because I've seen this movie like 200 times. Um, and it's, it, this one's definitely better than the second one. We could do an entire podcast talking about the Terminator, the entire series, movie by movie. Um, so I'm not going to get into any more than we usually do. But I, as far as villains go, yes, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator is certainly uh, one of the best villains in movie history ever. He's a machine. He's a killing machine who will not stop. Um, again, he doesn't. He doesn't really say anything in the movie that we talked. We talked about that earlier, which just makes it makes it all that much all that much better. Um, just because he doesn't have to say anything. Uh, James Cameron, of course, does a good job at putting all this together. And uh, so, yeah, that's my number two. Number one is the Joker, but I thought it was. Uh, that's a much bigger deal to me anyway that I ended up putting the Terminator at number two best villain of all time. I just say the fact that it, it's obviously between Heath Ledger and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's a much better performance to be a villain. So that kind of right. adds, adds weight to it for me as far as, the, as Heath Ledger's uh, uh, Joker goes. So I would absolutely agree with you there. Uh, but I, I don't disagree with you. I had it number nine, Terminator. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator in the first one uh, being the number nine on my list, but it could have been higher. I mean, there's some of these are interchangeable, especially my top two, I'd say are the closest to being interchangeable, but I'd say by far, we both have uh really good lists here. We had, I, I don't know. If, I guess we had about, I thought we'd have a few more, maybe one or two more that, that we agreed on for the list and just being on the list, but uh, we probably have any honorable mentions and I'll just go through the remaining honorable mentions. I have real quick. I, we don't need to get into depth here, but cause we know what they are. Uh, but I had, like you said, Sam Rockwell, Wild Bill and the Green Mile, Thomas F. Wilson, Back to the Future. That's an honorable mention. John Lithgow as Eric Quaylen and Cliffhanger. Jeffrey Rush, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Daniel Day-Lewis, Gangs of New York, uh, Bill the Butcher uh, Cutting. Uh, Daniel, uh, or Terrence Stamp and Superman 2. It's just a little too campy for him to be, you know, he's a great villain. He, he's the best, one of the best, you know, uh, of course, underneath uh, Heath Ledger, but a, a very good superhero villain, Terrence Stamp in the uh, uh, the Superman Two as General Zod, Hugo Weaving in the Matrix. I liked him in all those, especially the first one. Uh, I did put uh, Darth Vader, and I didn't know like who do I put? It's got to be James Earl Jones, right? The guy that does the voice that makes him scary, but he was a great villain. Uh, Shooter McGavin from um, Happy Gilmore. That's a, a too com comedic to, to be a serious villain, but he's on there. Patrick Bateman. I didn't hear Patrick Bateman from you. And I mean, he's, a, yeah, he's an honorable mention, but I'll say this. He's just too, he's a little too silly. He's a bad guy. You don't know that about, but when he starts talking about, you know, those eighties songs and he starts dancing all goofy, I just, it, it, I don't know if that makes him more sinister in some people's eyes, a little less to me. I don't know. But he was a good – I started watching it again. I couldn't watch the whole thing. I don't know why I got interrupted, but I did watch it again for this. Ricardo Montalban uh, as um, Khan in Star Trek II. He was a great villain, but honorable mention for me. And the other one, which n- neither of us had, right? You didn't have Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood, right? You didn't have him on there, did you? No, I thought about okay. him, but no. No, he was just – I mean, he only kills one person. He's a bad guy. He's immoral. He's uh, morally bankrupt, okay? He's not like a bad guy killer bad guy. So he couldn't make my list because of that. I mean, and he kills the guy just because I think he just drives him – he gets – that's the bottom of his, you know, his moral bankruptcy is the bottom is killing someone. That was the end of the movie. Uh, but all through the, I mean, all he does is try to trick people out of their money and fool people. And, and all through the film, he gets worse and worse and worse. That's the whole plot of the movie. This guy plunges into, you know, moral bankruptcy. But I just couldn't put him as, you know, in the top list. He's definitely a villain to me. Uh, and a good one at that is Samuel Day Lewis. But I thought he was a better villain in, in Gangs in New York. So I'm with you on that one. That's it. You got any other? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I had a ton, and some that you, some that you kind of brought to my attention. I can't believe I didn't have Patrick Bateman on there. That's another one where I just totally forgot about. That's my biggest yeah. surprise. I thought you. That one. That one's just like just like Commodus Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator. That's one I just totally forgot. So that's another honorable mention. Um, Magneto from X Men, the Ian McKellen version. I really like him, but it's cool that Michael Fassbender gets to play him now too. He's just one of my favorite bad guys. He's got a cool power. He can do the metal. Uh, Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson from The Departed. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. 
Sergeant Barnes from uh, Platoon, Simon Phoenix, I talked about him earlier, Wesley Snipes, Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, I forget who plays him. I, I also thought of Darth Vader, but he's, Darth Vader, I didn't want, I didn't put him on the list for the same reason why I didn't even consider putting Tom Hardy on the list for Bane, because everybody goes crazy over that movie, but uh, or at least him as a bad guy. But, I mean, let's face it. He has a mask on his face the whole time. He hardly has to do any acting. Yes, he's a cool bad guy, but uh, as far as, as, far as uh, like, like talent, it didn't, it, there's a lot more talent on both of our lists than what Tom Hardy did to play Bane. He just, he just uh, you know, got super big and stood there with a mask on. That's, how, that's the problem I had with it. First of all, I'm like, well, who do I give credit to? I mean, there's a guy that does his movements inside the costume, but he's not, he doesn't add to the sinister side of him. It's the voice. It's James Earl Jones. I mean, without that voice, the guy's right. not nearly as scary as what he, what he was, you know? And is he really a killer? Well, I guess he is. I mean, he does kill people, I guess, but uh, he's not real. He's definitely devious. He's, he's the, you know, the dark side of the force. I mean, but is it, it's more in the writing that, uh, you know, this is all George Lucas's thing. So, you know, you can credit George Lucas with it. You can credit obviously James Earl, Earl Jones with it, but I couldn't put it, like you said, he's got a mask on. So, it, you know, it's, it's a combination of the writing, the, the voice, and I guess the movements. Uh, but he's a lot scarier. If you look at the, where they show him in other movies, like that movie, uh, rogue one, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw that, but he's in the he's at the end of that, and he, you know the first, the fight scenes in the first couple of the first trilogy are real slow. If you compare them to what we have in the the prequel ones, you know they're they're a lot better, faster fighters, and they are in these latest ones too. And if you see him at the end of Rogue One, he's just Darth Vader goes in there and just start killing people. So he's a lot more sinister in those than he was. Like you could tell he's just a stiff old, you know, stiff person in a costume trying to wield a lightsaber. I mean, it just looks. <laughs> A little hokey when you compare it to what they got now at the action scenes. But anyway, that, can't, that even, was, that can't, was even turn, can't even turn his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Batman when he at the beginning when he couldn't turn his head. <laughs> Remember they had to put that work that in. They, they couldn't work that in until Christian Bale. I think the second or second movie. I think where he got like a flexible neck. I think that was a deal because even in I think in Batman Begins he had the stiff neck too. I think I saw something where they they finally worked into his costume where he could. He could like turn his head or something like that. A couple other honorable mentions I got here real quick. Uh, we got Mr. T as Clubber Lang and Rocky three. Uh-huh. I thought good. that, I, yeah, I thought that wasn't, I don't know. I thought that maybe wasn't serious enough or something, but I don't know. I don't know why I left him off. I don't you know why I left him. him off. Yeah. You he hated him. He, he was yeah. just a bad, he was just a bad guy. They wasn't killers like this guy. Yeah. But also, but also Apollo Creed, I thought deserves an honorable mention because he was, he was definitely the bad guy, especially in the second one. I mean, they even say that they're setting you up to be the bad guy. Um, but also, uh, one that I just decided to leave off. I already talked about this earlier and that's John Doe, Kevin Spacey from seven. I left him off again just because I don't, I don't know. I think out of all of the ones on my list, he was in, he was in the movie the least amount of time uh, mm-hmm. out of like any villain on this list. So I was like, eh, you know, I'll just, yes, he was a very, a very sinister, very creepy and scary character, but just Kevin Spacey playing John Doe. He, you know, he was just more or less just, he was, you know, he was, he was only in it for a few minutes playing an actual character. So I just yeah. decided to leave him off. 
That's fine. Yeah, every I think all your reasoning for not having them on there is good. I it's like a, this is it was an easy list to get all the names, but then it was easy again to for, forget names on this, and it was it was kind of hard to put them in the right order. I, I thought that was the difficulties and the ease of this of this episode anyway. So, but I think it was a great episode. I you have any more? Was that was that all for your honorable mentions? No, that's it, man. Yeah, I think I agree. That was that was a good episode. I think we got a good list there, both of us. Yeah. Uh, so uh, look at that. We uh, did this in about two hours and forty five minutes. We've been doing like four hour shows, but we had a lot of repeats or a few anyway. So that helped to go by faster. And our little uh, extra things we do at the beginning of the show, we kind of cut them down because we realized it was like over an hour before we got into our top ten list. So. Uh, yeah, we'll try to keep shows around, let's say, two, two or three hours, I guess. We were shooting for an hour, hour and a half at the beginning of all of this, but we talk so much about movies. It's, uh, yeah, not, not too hard to get into tangents and everything. So, all right, that's our show. The best villains, top ten villains of all time. I thought it was a good one. We had a lot of, I had a lot of fun with this, even though you're talking about, you know, the, the darkest side of, uh, sides of people and everything. I thought it was a great show. Uh, and I think we have a better, even we keep saying that our next show is always the best, right? So uh, we're going to do a couple of shows here uh, where we're going to hit some, some big, so the next one we agreed is going to be what? Directors. I think yeah. we should go with directors this time. Yeah. So we're going to start off our second uh, set of 10 shows that this was episode 10 and our episode 11 is going to be the best directors. And I think I want to, we haven't totally agreed on this yet. I want to hit you right after directors with, uh, with uh, best actors. Uh, so let's get some hard hitting shows on here. Best directors. I've been just looking forward so much to getting to these. And I think we wanted it. I think we did it really the way we should have done it. And you said this, I think a few episodes ago that, that, it, or you made this a point to me and we both talked about it, that, uh, look at all the times we're mentioning these directors. How many times have we mentioned Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, um, all the good directors, we've mentioned them, you know, several times each. And it gives us really a better handle on what our best directors top 10 lists anyway, are going to be. I think we'll have a lot of honorable mentions. Maybe, I don't know, but I know we're going to have a solid list. I think and if we, a lot better list now than we would if we did it right off at number one, episode number one. Do you agree with that? Or Yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that while we were making or just while I was prepping for, for this one because I didn't have to, I didn't even have to hardly watch a whole lot to get ready for this villains list because I've been watching all these movies anyway. And it's just nice to, to get a better feel for all these movies. And I mean, there was, there was things that I learned, there was movies that I learned were directed by guys like Martin Scorsese or Oliver Stone or Robert Zemeckis. And I didn't know that that was who directed them. And, uh, and now I do. So I'll have that, I'll have that a little bit. Uh, that'll be a little sharper going into this next list. So it'll be, it'll be easier to get. I mean, if we'd have done th- like if we'd have done this as episode two or something, I would have had, I would have had a hard time probably getting 10 directors total. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, th- that's someone that we really should have on there. And I think right. we got a better grasp of that now. Yeah, I'm with you on that totally. So uh, that's going to be our next episode, episode 11. Hopefully, get it here. We want to get you an episode every two weeks. That's that's our goal. Uh, get you one on every two weeks. We shoot for Mondays. The holidays kind of slowed us up, so hopefully, you'll keep listening to us uh, for our next episode. It's going to be the best directors. My top ten list. His top ten list. The best 
top 10 best directors ever. And that goes, there's a lot of directors out there, but we're going to narrow them down uh, to at least 20, you know, probably doing <laughs> that. Cause we're going to have a, a few repeats on this, to, on this, on these lists as well. So please join us next time when we talk about the best directors in Hollywood ever. Until then, I'm Chevy. And I'm Chevy. Thanks for listening to Chevy's Drive-In. 